right now, like, in the show, Sawyer is just a convenience store. He's really good at it, though. Oh, yeah. Actually, he's kind of bad at it. He doesn't really let people buy anything from him. (laughs) And if he does, the cost is far too high. The economy is too bad for this, Sawyer. You can't be doing this. It's not sustainable. You can't be turning away business. Exactly. Hello and welcome to our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 24-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the Hundred Script on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And uh, our fun fact this episode is what your favorite cereal is. I am not much of a cereal person, but my favorite cereal is probably Rice Krispies or Frosted Flakes. Man, I love cereal. It's weird living with a non-cereal person. And yet we never buy cereal? Yeah, because if I buy cereal, I will eat all of it. So okay. I cannot buy cereal. Okay. Anyway, so my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 29-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And, um, okay, so I have two answers here. Okay. My adult answer is, like, this Special K maple, like, cereal, which is delicious. Mm-hmm. And my kid answer is Fruit Loops. You can't beat a classic. That's fair. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. Uh, and this episode, our guest is Casey! Woo! <laughs> All right, um, my name is Casey, and I like Lost and other TV shows, and that's pretty much all I have. You can <laughs> find me on Twitter, it's at Illith Sternin, and on Instagram, not Penny's Instagram. Not Penny's Instagram is a great. <laughs> that's just a great. really good username. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And can you tell us some of your favorite characters? Oh, um, Juliet is my favorite and Desmond and yeah those two that's good answers. good those are also <laughs> my answers and and my and my boy band yeah <laughs> and my boy band yeah um and I know this is a big question but like what does lost mean to you um lost really like gave me a community of people I think that just were amazing I was late to watching the show I started it like around the time it ended but it was I was like 12 years old and there were like a group of people who were like more than welcome like to just talk to me and let me geek out about the show with them and it's just been really special getting to know other fans and even like people involved with the show so yeah means a lot (laughs) you started lost at age 12 yeah oh my god yeah that's really cool it's been it's been a while (laughs) did it scare you when you were first watching it then no not really okay yeah I feel like there are much scarier shows that 12-year-olds are watching these days. Oh, yeah. I was watching CSI at, like, first grade, and that used to freak me out. (laughs) I watched, like, every episode of CSI, and I was like, I know so many different ways to kill people now. (laughs) Yeah, I felt like I knew a little too much, so. Yeah, right? It makes you feel weird. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you've met some cast members, hey? Yes, quite a few. Tell me about it. Well, my favorite one is probably Elizabeth Mitchell, because I love her so much see i've met her evangeline met rebecca mater and jeremy davies and michael emerson and henry ian cusick and nestor carbonell and just yeah quite a few and they've all been wonderful yeah how do you find them (laughs) um Usually, they've been like, it'll be really random things. It'll be book signings, or for Henry Ian Cusick, it was a um, movie premiere thing I ended up being able to go to, and then Nestor showed up because they're friends, and like, oh my gosh, just really <laughs> random stuff like that, or um, different conventions, um, Paley Fest, stuff like that. That's crazy. Yeah. Cool. That is so cool. It's really, I get really geeky about it. I get super oh, embarrassing, yeah. but it's fun. 
That's okay. You're on a podcast with other geeky bears. Yeah. Okay. So you're, you'll fit in. Don't worry. Okay, you're good. <laughs> and do you or do you not run No Context Lost? I do. I do run No Context Lost. <laughs> One of my favorite accounts. <laughs> yeah. I, I love No Context Do accounts. better with updating it. <laughs> you're still killing it, even though you haven't updated. I haven't noticed that you haven't updated it because I it's retweeted so often. Yeah. Oh wow. Good. Yeah. I'm gonna go post right now, like as I'm talking. <laughs> do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> And then we'll, like, you're not going to say that it is, but we'll know it's dedicated to us. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, that account cracks me up. And I like when sometimes if you, if the right people retweet it, like, the actors will see it too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There've been a couple times, and it always surprises me, but, uh, yeah. I know that one or two (laughs) times, not to take credit, but I know one or two times I've retweeted one and Ian has liked it from me. (laughs) And I've been like, yes. Yes. (laughs) Today we have words to say about episode 216 of Lost, The Whole Truth. So the whole truth. And nothing but the truth. Mostly named because honesty, or and or lack thereof, honesty. Um, the broadcast date was uh, March 22nd, 2006. It was written by Elizabeth Sarnoff and Christina M. Kim, and directed by Karen Gaviola. So like, heck yeah, women. <laughs> Honestly, this women, sc- this women, hello? This episode screams like women. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it. It has so many, like, thoughtful, like, female touches that you wouldn't mm-hmm. get in the other episodes. And on the DVDs, this there was a Lost on Location for this episode and a commentary, so I've got lots of, like, fun, little fun facts. Nice. There, so, it's gonna be good. Um, one of the things that I thought was really cool that was mentioned, I think, in the commentary, um, and I don't know if this is, like, an actual fact, but they were saying that Damon said that it was probably a first for American television, that the entire episode trailer, like, for the episode, was in Korean. <laughs> it was? The whole trailer was in Korean, and it was probably, he said it was probably a first for American television. That's really cool. Wasn't that cool? Yeah. That is cool. Like, you don't think about little things like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so now Brittany's going to recap the episode, oh and she's going to try and do it in a minute. How long is your thing this time? Do you think you'll be able to do it? Absolutely not. Okay, No, well, yeah, no, I'm going to fail at it. Don't worry. Either way, she's going to be sped up, um, so she sounds funny. I do it in the style of Lost in 8 minutes and 15 seconds. Um, we have, you know, since then moved past that formula, but in my head, I still do it for that reason. <laughs> okay. On the island, Jin isn't into the concept of sun gardening, so he destroys her plants. Problem solving with Jin. Locke tells Anna Lucia that they have a bug-eyed dude in their super secret hatch and that she should come hang with them. She's down. Bernard and Rose have their bickering interrupted by an ill son. They tell her to see Jack, but she refuses. Locke and Jack have a whole conversation about Anna being there while Jack's bare ass is out and somehow no (laughs) one thinks it's weird. Anna tried the good cop tactic with Henry and gets him to draw her the coveted map to his balloon. Son asks Soya for a pregnancy test, so that news won't be a secret for long. Anna hits up Saeed and Charlie and invites them on a road trip to find Henry's balloon. Son and Kate wait for Sun's pregnancy test and bond. Surprise, the test is positive. Jack confirms it and Sun makes them swear not to tell Jin. Anna and Saeed have a fireside chat and come to a mutual understanding. Saeed thinks that it's the other's fault that Sandin ja- died, not Anna. Sawyer spills the pregnancy beans to Bernard in front of Jin, but uh, Jin doesn't speak English? He goes to Sun's garden and starts fixing it up. He apologizes to her and Sun tells him that she's pregnant and it can't be anyone's but his. You're a liar. <laughs> Jack decides to reward Henry for his good behavior and lets him have cereal with Locke? What a treat! He starts speculating about what an other would do if they drew a map with no intention to lead them to a balloon and every intention to lead them into a trap. So that's probably going to be fine. In the past, Jin wants to have a baby with Sun to get her dad off his back. Okay. She meets up with her English teacher that she is also having an affair with. Oops. A fertility specialist tells Sun and Jin that the Sun can't have kids. It's sad for Sun and very upsetting for Jin. Sun tells her side piece, Jai Lee, that she's low-key glad that she can't have kids because she's planning on leaving Jin and moving to America. Jai Lee shoots his shot and tells her to stay with him, but Sun isn't into that. 
Sun goes on what was supposed to be a nice dog walk and gets interrupted by the fertility specialist who tells her that she isn't infertile. Jin is. He just didn't want to tell Jin in case he got super killed. And that's it. That was so much longer than 60 seconds. Jay Lee shoots his shot. <laughs> I love that part. Okay, so let's start with the... It's it's hard to, like... In episodes like this, it's hard to say it's a B storyline, even though he, it's not the A storyline. It doesn't feel like a B storyline because it's still so big, but that's what we're going to start with anyway. Which which is... The Henry storyline. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay, so here is my um summary of the first scene. Anna Lucia is working up by just freaking booking it all over the place. <laughs> just running as fast as she can. She gets back to her tent and finds Locke sitting by it. He tells her about Henry and wants her to talk to him since she has experience interrogating people, but in a different way than Saeed, you know? <laughs> in a way that is like, I don't know, less pulling fingernails up. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. One of my favorite things that I got from the commentary was that um, they said that when they wrote it, they pictured her jogging. Oh, no. <laughs> but, then, but then they wrote the line, running like the devil's chasing you. And they were like, I guess, <laughs> I guess, I guess we wrote that, huh? So, so then they made her just freaking be sprinting. <sighs> Michelle Rodriguez was like, all right, this will be fun to shoot over and over in the Hawaiian sun. And running on sand is really hard. And uncomfortable. She could have found a better place to run, probably. <laughs> I don't know. You were running like the devil's chasing you. Maybe he is. Good for you, keeping it in shape. What do you want, Locke? What do I want? You've been here over a week. You've never said two words to me. And now you're sitting outside my tent? We got a man locked up down in the hatch. There's a possibility he's one of them. The others. Who's we? Me and Jack. He's keeping watch right now. How long has he been down there? Three days. I'd like you to talk with him. You have experience with the others. You were a cop. Seems to me you're the most qualified to figure out if this man's telling the truth. Is she running as practice to run from the others? Yeah, always got to be sharp. They're always hunting. Yeah, yeah, true. Maybe the devil is chasing her. Maybe. Ooh, spoiler section. Oh my Ooh. god. <laughs> okay, so when I was watching this, I guess I can't say for the first time, just like the most recent time. Like, basically, I rewatched the episode three times. Oh, okay. The first time I watched it, I did my notes. The second time I watched it was with commentary. And the third time I watched it was this morning as a rewatch with Brittany. And so the first time when I was watching it, I couldn't remember the details. And so Annalicia comes up to Locke and goes, what do you want, Locke? And for a second, I didn't realize that they were like at her tent. Oh, so you thought she walked up to him and just started yelling at him? I thought that she came up to Locke. I thought she walked up to Locke and said, what do you want? And I was like, you came to him. What are you talking about? And then I realized they were at her tent. That's why That's why my note is confusing. That's actually really funny. That is something Anna would do. Yeah. She'd be like, um, get out of my face. And they're like, you came here. Yeah. I found Anna Lucia so likable this episode. Yeah, 100%. Casey, what do you think of Anna Lucia? I normally am not a huge Anna Lucia fan, but her scene with Saeed near the end made me like remember that I, I like her. <laughs> this episode for sure is a really good episode yeah. for her. Yeah. Um, they like specifically said that they use this episode to try and gain some sympathy for her just because she is such a harsh character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely think they succeeded with that for sure. Yeah, they definitely did a good job because 
like, I personally quite like Anna. I like how, you know, rough around the edges she is. Mm. But I understand that we live in a society where we're not inclined to like women like that. Mm -hmm. So it takes a lot of progress to be like, oh, yeah, this woman actually, like, so much about her makes sense to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, with this episode, they did humanize her in a way that didn't... I feel like it softened her, but without, like, taking away any of her edge. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Interesting. Um, won't people hear Locke telling her about Henry? I figured that's how Charlie found out. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's funny because I was like, oh, Charlie found out because Hurley knows. But Hurley doesn't even know, so how no. did Charlie find out? <laughs> I think they're just bad at keeping secrets. I mean, Jack and, I mean, as like Anna said, she's like, Jack and Locke are busy worrying about Locke and Jack. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, they probably didn't even notice that the entire camp knows that they're like playing house with like this weird man. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, okay. Well, it's clear that Kate doesn't know. Like, we'll talk about Ooh. later. So that's interesting that Poor that's Kate. being kept from her. Is Anna upset that Jack didn't tell her? Because he obviously doesn't trust her that much. In, in um, oh, I don't remember exactly which episode it was, but it's when, um, I think it was the long con when they locked up all the guns mm-hmm. in the thing and only Jack and Locke knew the combo. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. And she was like, oh, so you got the combo? And he's like, yeah. She's like, what is it? And then he didn't tell her and she was like, I'm just kidding. But it's like... I, she meant that. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, mm, how much How much does she expect to be one of the leaders now? You know what I mean? I don't know if she expects to be one of the leaders. I think Jock's at- Jock? You know what? <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'm sticking with it. I think Jock sends her a lot of mixed signals. Locke and Jack? Yeah. <laughs> Respect. Yeah. All right. But Jack in particular, because he'll, in one minute, he'll be like, hey, let's build an army. And the next minute, he'll be like, ah, uh, yeah, you can't know where the guns are. Yeah. And I'm like, what- you have to, you know, literally say, hey, here's the hierarchy and here's where you are. Otherwise, what's she supposed to think? Yeah, right. Well, and even for her, she's coming from the other side of the island where she was someone who was in charge. Right. Exactly. And so now she's got these guys who are like, you know, with Locke and with Jack, they're like fighting this whole time. There's so much tension with them about who's in charge. And now she's kind of pushed to the side when she was, you know, a person who was in charge of things over there right but she knows that what she's doing is best like she knows Mm -hmm. what that and what she's trying to do is just going to be hindered by telling jack and Locke. Mm -hmm. so that's why she chooses not to and just thinks like i'm gonna grab another level-headed person (laughs) and go and and do what is going to be productive and i think that's what a true leader is Mm -hmm. is someone who's like okay if you're preoccupied with something else I'm going to get the answers that we need because you already have your own agenda and I don't have interest in that, you know? Like, telling Jack and Locke would be this whole other, like, week-long charade of, (laughs) should we go? Should we not go? And it's like, you know what? I'm just going to go get it done. (laughs) Kate would have done the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's interesting because, I mean, we think of... Casey, how do you feel about Jack? (sighs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, At this point, like, season two, Jack, he starts testing me a bit. Mm-hmm. Like, I really like Jack in season one, but I think once he and Locke are kind of up in arms with each other all the time, that's when he starts getting on my nerves. Right. But, like, I like him generally. But when he gets a little too crazy with, like, needing to be in control, then um, I'm yeah. over it. Mm-hmm. When, once he starts, like, power tripping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's like, we think of Jack and Locke, obviously they are not the bad guys, mm-hmm. but they are not perfect. And that's like kind of the point of every character mm-hmm. on the show, that they are not perfect, you know? And even Jack and Locke, who we are 
generally like supposed to like Mm -hmm. um they have their own prejudices even if they're like deeply ingrained and they don't know that they have them Mm -hmm. and i really do think that uh, on some level i mean this is the early 2000s that they just on some level don't think that anna lucia and kate will be as good at at stuff and as good at leading as them Mm. oh i agree Mm -hmm. um and like i said we're not we're supposed to like them and you know they're not supposed to be villains or anything but i think that just comes with the territory of being a man in the early aughts, a white man in the early aughts thinking that, you know, that you know better. And that also comes from, you know, the writers as well. Like, there were very few women in that room. Mm -hmm. And so when you do get women in the room, you have an episode that is so female heavy. But when when it's not, like, what was the episode we did recently where I think there was one woman on screen the entire there time. There was uh, two women on screen in um, one of them. It was the Saeed episode in which we met Henry mm-hmm. for the first time. Anna had like three lines talking to Saeed being like, hey, there's a dude here. And it was just Danielle telling Saeed about Henry. And that was it. Those were That's the only women. There was no women in the flashbacks or anything. It was crazy. So, yeah. Yeah. That just kind of <laughs> blew my mind. Like yeah. when we were watching it, I was like, there's no women in there. There's no yeah. women. Oh my God. Yeah. What am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. <laughs> We wanted to also point out um, Locke calling it, quote, my hatch. Mm. Um, Dude! Sir? Slow your roll, <laughs> man. Whoa. Okay, first of all, if that's anyone's hatch, it's Desmond's. Yeah. So put some respect <laughs> on that handsome idiot's name. You know? Yeah. And second of all, I don't have a second of all. It's not your hatch. Yeah. <laughs> so I wrote down some quotes all throughout my notes here of um, things that were said in during the Lost in Location and during the commentary. And Elizabeth Sarnoff, who was one of the writers on this episode, um, said that uh, Locke is aligning with Anna here, um, but he's also trying to annoy Jack. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he totally is, isn't he? Um, And they were also saying that this kind of parallels the end of the episode when Jack lets Henry out um, because Mm. Jack is first and foremost just trying to annoy Locke by throwing him like a curveball, you know? Yeah. Can you imagine being the other people on the beach? Like, Jack and Locke just disappear for (laughs) days at a time. Yeah. And you're like, what the hell are those two up to? Like, they're like bu- busy making a life and catching food and building huts and Jack and Locke are not helping at all. Mm-hmm. They're like, where'd the doctor go? <laughs> like, is the hatch still a secret? You know, like, did the people, oh, yeah. did the randoms, do, do Nikki and Paolo know there's a hatch? Oh my God. You know what I mean? Do they know? How far are we into the podcast? We are 21 minutes into the podcast. You made it 21 minutes before bringing up expose and I'm kind of impressed with you. It's been a while since yeah. I brought up expose. <laughs> all right. Okay. Um, okay, next Wait, scene. this is an important oh. question now. Casey, how do you feel about Expose? Well, I don't hate it. I I think there are worse episodes of Lost mm-hmm. that deserve more criticism than Expose. It's definitely a filler. I mean, it's not, it doesn't really help the story in any way, but... That's definitely true. It's it's fun. Like I, It's a very fun episode. I like it. I like the mm-hmm. idea that they knew all this stuff and, you know, just kind of did their own thing. I don't know. I love seeing the other side of like what other people are doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's all I want. Mm-hmm. It was it was pretty fun. Uh, can I move on to the next scene? Yeah. Yes, I've asked my question. <laughs> Jack gets out of the shower and Locke is in there <laughs> shaving his face. Okay. Locke convinces Jack that they should ask Anna Lucia to help them talk to Henry. Jack agrees. Luckily, Locke has already asked her, and she's in there talking to him right now. Okay. Um, Jack is fully naked. Yeah. <laughs> He doesn't even have a towel on. No, he grabs the towel and he doesn't put it on when he finds out there's somebody else in here. Yeah. Locke looks down, you guys. The look that- Yeah. The look. 
so funny. He looks down. What's going on here? <laughs> is that supposed to be like a power move? Like he's assessing Jack and he's like, all right, whatever. <laughs> like this kind of, like, I can't, I can't figure out if I want to make a parallel to like that one time earlier this season when Jack fully like walked in on Kate leaving the shower. And instead of apologizing and being like, oh my God, I'm so sorry for breaching your, pro- your privacy. Are you okay? Yes. Um, <laughs> instead of saying, oh my God, I'm so sorry. He said, and I quote, hey. <laughs> which like, what um, are you hello? doing um but like okay so if Locke is also here then i guess jack just doesn't have a problem with people showering <laughs> jack just walked in he's like yeah this is my dick <laughs> like whatever i guess i don't know like and there's no point in which he's like hey Locke, get out maybe because he's a doctor so he's okay with <laughs> what okay but like don't people always say like doctors like kind of view nudity a little bit differently especially in like those things because like it's it's the human body like that's their like their field so maybe jack's relationship with nudity is not like the same as ours i'm really reaching to try and figure out why he didn't care that Locke was looking at his yeah i'm like (laughs) i just feel like there's a difference between like seeing other people nude um like professionally and other people like walking in on you nude you know what I mean? This happens again with Jack at one point, too. It does? When? I can't remember. When? Yeah. Season five. With who? I don't want to, like, go too much into it, but... Yeah, with, um... Damn yeah, it! Yeah. I think I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. It's, like, later <laughs> season five. The amount of, like, information in that mm-hmm was <laughs> stunning. Great. Yeah. Like, that actually said a lot. <laughs> I'm just, like, weirded out by the fact that Jack doesn't even, like, address it, though. He doesn't even flinch. Like, he was not concerned. He's not- he's like, oh, hey. Okay, but, like, counterpoint, okay. that's kind of a refreshing thing. Oh. Like, okay, well, tell me more about that. For for a man to not care that another man is seeing him naked, that is kind of refreshing. Okay. I don't know. That's fair. <laughs> Jack doesn't, like, ha- like act like a, like, blushing schoolgirl when he does it. <laughs> Although he has every right to. Exactly. Anyway, I'm so done about talking about Naked Jack, to be honest. You know, so, if you know just that, move on. You know that line from Shrek? Which line from Shrek? <laughs> Shut up! What do you mean, line from Shrek? <laughs> line from Shrek? Shrek's like, whatever you do, don't look down. And I can go to Shrek! I'm looking down! That's Locke looking down! I'm deeply not interested Jack, in talking to you. Shrek, I'm looking down! Um, I'm an adult woman. Why doesn't he put the towel on? like why aren't you just putting on the towel then everything would be normal okay anyway um, (laughs) that's my favorite conversation okay so but i'm not done with this scene though because now after talking about what's actually happening in the scene we have to talk about what's actually like what they're talking about what was Locke going to do if because Locke is like hey we should we should ask anna to talk to him like what if Locke? what if jack had been like no and Locke was like oh well she's already in there yeah uh, um like she's already in there What if Jack was like, no, and he's like, oh, bad news. Yeah. I I honestly think he would have been like, oh, well, that's unfortunate. He's like, well, I thought I was smarter than you, so. It would have been the same response. Just like, oh, okay, well, she's already in there. Yeah. <laughs> it would really just kind of be like whether Too or not late. Jack was mad. Exactly. Was, was extra mad or not. Mm. Okay, interesting. Um, can I move on, mm-hmm. you guys? Cool. Yeah. Anna is in the armory with Henry. He's asking her a few questions, which she answers. She wants to know some things from him as well. What's his story? Henry is tired of telling his story because it's sad and he keeps having to tell it over and over. (laughs) She wants to be really sure whether he's an other because of the crap that went on with Nathan when she was wrong. I respect the heck out of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I really love the part where she said, I don't make the same mistake twice. 
So how about you try me? I don't mean to be ungrateful, but why are you going to help me get out of here? On the other side of the island, there was this guy with us. I was 100% convinced that he wasn't on the plane. So I dug a hole, and I threw him in it. And what happened? I was wrong. And now he's dead. But good news for you, Henry, I don't make the same mistake twice. So how about you tell me your story? It would be like cool if she said that in this moment, but then she goes and applies it. Mm. Yep. Later. You know, she's not just saying this. She goes and applies it like Saeed. And we'll talk about this in a few minutes, but Saeed is so certain that he's right. And so that he doesn't need that much proof. You know, he shows up in that clearing and there isn't a balloon and he's like, okay, well, I win. <laughs> yep. And Anna's like, I don't think so, man. We got to figure this out. I need to be sure. So exactly. she applies She applies her new principle, and I appreciate the heck out of that. And Saeed, he's like, well, thanks. My presupposed notion was proven true. I'm like, I'm Saeed. Yeah. So on the um, Lost on Location, uh, they were applying Henry's makeup, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. And and he's got, like, this um, uh, swollen side of his mouth. And they just literally put some cotton balls in there. What? Like they were like, we could we could do a prosthetic, or we could just put some cotton in his mouth. So we do. So that's cool. <laughs> you know what? Short the shortest route route to the simplest answer. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So also, um, Daniel Day Kim, who was also in the commentary. Um, they were talking about this scene and he said he might give her the information because she's using a strategy that no one has used yet. Kindness. Yeah. Yep. Just asking nicely, <laughs> which is what she says later. So I think that's cool. Oh, ooh, ooh. I need to write a note down for um, spoilers because it has something to do with um, the word side of this issue. Okay. Cool. Make sure you write it down so you don't forget. Because I feel like every time we're like, we'll remember and then we absolutely do not. I'm typing it. Okay, great. So she won't have another Nathan. She needs to be sure, which I respect. Um, can I move on? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Jack's listening through the door, but he can't hear anything. Inside, Anna is still trying to get Henry to get him to draw her a map. He has to be good at maps if he piloted a balloon. He says that either way, he'll get killed. His life is already over. Anna says she'll go validate his story for him if he draws the map, which is very nice. <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like everyone else was just like, draw us a map, you big jerk. <laughs> and he's like, I don't want to. Because if they, stop still, me. <laughs> if, they, if they still need something from him, then he hasn't, like... Outlived his usefulness. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Then again, like, what do they even need a balloon for? Like, they really... They just want him to draw the map so that they can validate his story, right? Yeah. They, they want a method of air travel that is <laughs> I have bad news about this new. balloon. It's, it's um, fashionable and new, you know? Do you think they could, like, use part of the balloon as, like... Like, they could use part of it as shelter, maybe, or something? Okay, yes. That is a far more, like, eloquent answer than me saying, well, balloons are fun. <laughs> They're like a big bat. There's like a big basket on the bottom, right? Yeah, that's fun. That's super fun <laughs> and good and fresh. That. that could be a table, <sighs> right? It could be. Or actually, it's, that basket is probably pretty big, isn't it? It's, it's like a whole really bed. Big. Yeah. <sighs> Sawyer would try and take it. Yeah, he would. <laughs> Sawyer, Sawyer when he sees anything. Oh, is this mine? <laughs> um. So Jack's like, I can't hear anything th through the door. There's music on. Jack, turn off the music. Maybe you might be able to hear better. I don't know. Okay, so Henry hears literally every conversation <laughs> that Jack and Locke have. Yeah. But Jack can't figure out that turning off music would <laughs> enable him to hear what's going on on the other side. Jack's like, I'm a spinal surgeon. 
I just am floored by this. You know, logic doesn't come easy to some people, I think. Mm -hmm. It should come easy to the man of science. (laughs) Well, yeah. I feel like, you know, there and there's two ways to kind of... There's different sort of things, like, you know, there are some people who, like, do really well in school, but don't have a lot of common knowledge or common sense to, like, bring out into the real world, Mm -hmm. and that's an actual real thing, Mm -hmm. you know? So, hi, I'm Jack Shepard, and I know a lot about being a doctor. And noodles. And And veins being, like, wet noodles. But um, I don't know a lot about sound (laughs) and hearing. Like, I'm a doctor, not a sound engineer. Yeah. (laughs) Aw. Um, Locke has found another Geronimo Jackson vinyl, which, as I've said before on this podcast, isn't a real band. It's just oh, a right. Band. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Very cool. I went, did they do that to, like, do royalty-free stuff? Like, what was the point of inventing a whole fake band? I think it was just for fun. Oh, okay. Like Apollo Bars. Like Apollo Ooh, Bars. Good point. Yeah, yeah. okay. Like, just the idea of, like, here are our own things we can make up. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cute. But they do have the Geronimo Jackson song. Yeah, they, they released a single. Yeah. It's called Dharma Girl. Mm-hmm. Wait, that's really cute. Yeah. <laughs> and that's another fun thing. It's like, if you see Geronimo Jackson or Apollo Bars in like another show, then like, you know, 100% that that's a lost reference, which is super fun. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Didn't they do that in Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you should know how to draw a good map if you flew here in a balloon. Fair. Yeah. Good point. That's, that's yes. fair. Um, so he believes he is the scapegoat and um, he's just going to get murdered anyway. And now is the time where she's going to threaten him. So, <laughs> oops. So she's playing good cop this whole time. And then she's like, if you don't do this, it's going to happen exactly the way you said. And then, and it works. Why do you think this works above all other things? Because this is a threat. Yeah. Well, she is like trained in interrogation. Mm-hmm. I don't think... I mean, we just saw the episode. Saeed isn't actually trained in torturing people. Like, he just has done it a bunch of times. He just has a talent for it. Yeah. But but Anna went to school. She went to training. You know what I mean? Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, anything else for that scene? No. No. Cool. Uh, Anna leaves the armory and tells Jack and Locke that Henry told her the exact same thing he's been telling everyone else. She wants to talk to him again tomorrow to let him think. That's so polite. Why doesn't she tell them about the map? I think we already talked about this, but why do you? Go- why would you guys say she like chooses not to tell them about the map? I wouldn't trust those idiots as far as I could throw them. <laughs> They're so obsessed with each other. They have no perspective on anything else. Yeah. Do you think she went in there being like, if they, if he draws me the map, I'm not going to tell Jack and Locke? Or do you think it was like, he's drawing me the map, should I tell Jack and Locke? No. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I think either way, the, there's the same outcome. Like later when Jack says, either way, I think you just end up dead. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> the other thing that I pointed out that I wanted to point out from this is that when Anna was leaving the vault, she said coming out, which is exactly what she said when she wanted to leave the pit at the beginning of mm. season two. Oh. Um, so yeah, I just wanted, that's a parallel. Fun. <laughs> uh, Saeed and Charlie are building something when Anna comes up. She shows Saeed the map that Henry drew for her. She needs his help to go verify his story. So Yoon Jin on the commentary was saying that it was actually raining during slash after this scene because it was shot immediately after Sun and Sawyer's scene. Oh. Um, so that's cool. And I could not tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just kind of overcast, I think. Oh, Hawaii. I was like, I wonder what they're building. And in the commentary, they said that it's, it's going to be what the communal pantry is. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's what that is. It seems like Saeed continues to not trust Anna. Um, she is the one who told him about Rousseau, though, in his, in his episode. So I... 
It's like, what more does she have to do? I mean, she could go back in time and not kill Shannon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she apologizes for it. So I think I think they're probably on the same side now. What do you think? Yeah, but I think they had to have that conversation, but I don't think he'll ever trust her. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't think he'll not ever- Not fully. So you're saying he'll forgive her, but not trust her? Yeah. Or he just won't forgive her either? No, I think he'll forgive her, but be wary around her. Okay. I don't know. What do you guys think? Um. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Is Charlie not in trouble anymore? I feel like this show forgot what was going on with Charlie the whole season. I think, first of all, we don't like season two Charlie, and that's just how it'd be. That's correct. <laughs> with Charlie. Um, I think he eventually redeems himself, but after Fire and Water, like, it's only really been a few episodes. Mm-hmm. After Fire and Water, he literally attacked Sun, and that's, like, the worst thing he's done. And then after that, it's just kind of been, like, like this is them trying to bring him back. You know, they're trying to put him yeah, back Yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, redemption arc. And by, and what they do is just, like, have him make some jokes. <laughs> so I don't know if I can forgive him yet. Yeah, I don't know if I'm on board with that, to be honest with you. I know that I eventually will. Yeah. But I just, I don't think this is enough. It feels weird me. that there's, like, a whole sort of missing, like, conversation that we are all painfully aware should have happened. Right. Yeah. Wait, between who? What do you think? I think... <sighs> Honestly, maybe it's multiple conversations between, because Charlie's just been, like, off the wall for a while. Mm-hmm. And I feel like everyone's noticed. Yeah. Or is that just me? What, that, she, that he's been crazy? No, but that, like, everyone in the island has basically noticed how odd he's been. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's set a fire. Yeah, right? <laughs> and, like, there were no consequences for that. Other than getting punched into the ocean. But and then no one brought it up again! Well, Jack came up to him and was, like, stitching him up and being like, he'll never do that again, right? <laughs> And then he was like, I'm not really going to answer your question. <laughs> exactly. So, I don't know. But then Anna decides to trust him anyway. And I'm like, did you not see what happened? Yeah. Well, Anna doesn't really have a choice because she's like, I want to talk to Saeed and just right. Saeed. And then Saeed is like, you can talk to Charlie too. And she's like, why are you trusting Charlie? Yeah, Saeed, wait. Now, now I want to know what your motives are. Yeah. Interesting. Just because he was there and Saeed didn't want to be alone with her, I guess. And it was like, well, Charlie's here. So I guess it's going to be Charlie. And Charlie was like, I like treks. <laughs> that's possible I, he loves a good walk oh that's for sure okay um my next question i also think that we've already answered which was how does charlie know about henry um and i think we were just kind of like it's everybody a, just yeah. keeps telling <laughs> it's a big open secret yeah when there's such a small amount of people like comparatively to like later seasons there's way more people mm-hmm. than later but um th- th- there's still it's a very small community mm-hmm. in which a lot of information gets circulated so and i mean hurley lives there so yeah. <laughs> hurley and charlie are both gossips yeah i just don't know how hurley found out because like if if they told me that hurley knew then i'd be like okay makes sense that everybody else knows because yeah. the, the man can't keep a secret so i don't know um so he writes it on the title page of brothers karabazov which is the book that Locke gave him mm-hmm. and okay as they walk charlie shows his distrust for distrust yeah. as they walk charlie shows his distrust for anna because he's also here for some reason he he wanted to go on a, a walk i just told you that anna says that charlie shouldn't have the gun so instead of giving it to anna charlie gives it to saeed that checks out <laughs> so charlie doesn't trust anna but at this point who does um this is the like, what they're trying to do is, like, make us feel bad for her, mm-hmm. though. It works. <laughs> of course. Oh, my gosh. For sure. Because, like, we still trust what Charlie says, even though it's, like, he's been garbage for a while. Yeah. Yeah, but he's been here for the, from the beginning. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But they, like, specifically are giving us, like, 
like she's being very nice to Charlie and then he and then he kind of blows her off right like it's it's very very specific like it's they do it on purpose for sure I don't know I'm grumpy at Charlie for most of this season <laughs> that's okay that's super fair I'm just like what are you doing so she makes a joke about like them like being on the right island and everything and obviously we have thoughts about that but then Charlie's like saying that humor isn't Anna's strong suit and I'm like my dude he, she just made a joke yeah like incorrect she's actually very funny (laughs) and she just made a joke leave her alone she's very funny it's just her sense of humor is very dry he's like last time you had a gun you killed somebody i'm like charlie second last time you had a gun you killed somebody oh yeah good point oh yeah so shut up (laughs) you're wrong (laughs) it's just like shut up charlie you're wrong so he pretends to give the gun to anna and then he gives it to saeed and Dan asked if that was scripted or if Dom made that up. Mm -hmm. And they said it was scripted and that actually Carlton Cuse demanded it. (laughs) Why? I guess he thought it was funny and he's like, you better freaking write that in because that's funny. I mean, I guess. It's it's pretty funny, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But apparently, like, they used the word demanded. So there you go. Interesting. Okay, so... Let's get all the way into Anna Lucia right now. So I just feel like it must be so infuriating for her, especially in this moment where it's like, she is a trained professional who knows how to use a gun. Mm-hmm. She's extremely capable at using one. She made a mistake one time and it was raining and she was terrified and there were whispers all over the place and Shannon was yelling. Like, I don't blame Anna Lucia for, uh, for Shannon's death. Like, Saeed doesn't, so why should I? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it must be so infuriating with this. Like, sometimes there are people who like seeing her at the bottom. And it's interesting to see her at the bottom because we've never seen her there. Mm-hmm. She's always, like, even if she isn't necessarily at the top, she always gives off the air that she's at the top. Always in control. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in this, she feels defeated because it seems like nobody really likes her right now. And it feels like maybe she's back to... Because she said before that... Or, sorry, after. That um, she's tried her whole life to get people to like her and she just gave started giving up. Mm-hmm. And in this moment when it's like she's with two people who don't like her, it's like she's brought back to that time when it was like she was just like sad. Like even when she had just killed Shannon, she was still demanding things yeah. in, in collision. She was still on top. But um, yeah, like I just feel bad. I, I feel bad for her. And that's what they meant to do. And they did it. <laughs> they succeeded. Yeah. At night, Charlie is sleeping and Anna sits next to Saeed. She reveals that not a lot of people like her. She's given up trying to get them to, but she knows that Saeed has an actual real reason to hate her. Saeed blames the others for Shannon's death, not Anna Lucia. He's going to punish Henry. I'm like, Saeed, you don't even know that he's a bad guy yet. Yeah, so like, this is interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, I wonder if this is Saeed just focusing all of his grief on one quantifiable thing, which is, if I am proven right, then I can focus on this and kill this guy, and then I will feel better. Right. Mm-hmm. This kind of reminds me, because last episode, um, Echo was like, I need to talk to Henry, and he came in and was like, I'm just here, I want to confess what I've done, and that I am sorry, and... Um, here's my beard. And here's my <laughs> here's pieces of my beard. And so he ha- needs someone to... It's like Henry is like the scapegoat, but in a different way for Echo. For Echo, he's like just somebody that he needs to just unburden himself upon. Yeah. And it doesn't matter to him whether or not he is who Echo needs him to be. He's just going to make him into that person. Yeah. And for Saeed, he's also like, it doesn't matter if he's who I need him to be. I just need him. I'm just going to make him the person that I need him to be. And um, so Anna is trying to, but the thing is that like with Echoes, there isn't really much of a consequence if he wasn't the real person. He's like, I'm just here talking to you and this is mostly for me. It's not about you really. And, but with Saeed's thing, 
there are consequences if this is an innocent man. But maybe that's why he responds to Anna Lucia. Mm. Because Anna Lucia might be one of the first people who sees him as a person and mm. not as a means to an end. Because Jack and Locke see him as an object, right? He's a mystery. Right. Something that they can covet and control. Mm-hmm. And for Echo, he was just someone to unburden. And Saeed, he was someone to punish. Yeah. But Anna is like, I have no stakes in this game. You're just a person to me. Mm-hmm. That could be it. Interesting. Yeah, like, Anna Lucia was the first person who made it about him yeah. rather than about herself. Because, like, for Saeed, it was really, it was about him. Oh, that was, yeah, that was, that was the Saeed joke, (laughs) which I would watch for the record. Uh, For Echo, it was about Echo. For Jack and Locke, it's about the other. Hey, don't forget Echo's beard. Don't forget Echo's weird beard. Okay, thanks. I won't. (laughs) It was about that too. But like for Jack and Locke, it, it, like for Jack, it's not about Jack. For Jack, it's about Locke. And for Locke, it's about Jack, you know? But Anna Lucia, it's not about Anna Lucia. Anna Lucia is making it about Henry. Exactly. So. That's what I'm saying, man. Wow. Um, in the commentary, Dan said, this lighting reminds me of the caves. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. They were, oh, yeah, kind of. Firelight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, remember the caves? Yeah. A throwback. That was a while ago now. She comes up and she's like, hey, do you mind if I sit with you? Where were you sitting before? Um, <laughs> away. <laughs> okay. That's my only answer. All right. Just like on the other side of the fire. And she's like, can I sit beside you? And he's like, why? <laughs> There's like a whole other log. Yeah. <laughs> um. So she just says that she's really sad because people don't like her. And so now going back to this, was Charlie like being a bully? Was he or was he being cautious? I don't think Charlie was being a bully. Okay. I think Charlie saw someone that he knew and cared about die. Yeah. Right. You know, I don't, you know, as, as much as I don't give Charlie credit in this season, I think it, the way he treated Anna was not bullying. Sure. Okay. I mean, she did kill someone. Yeah. When she says, do you, like, people don't like me and I've stopped trying to get them to, I'm like half in the mind that like she was bullied and half in the mind that she was the bully because people didn't like her. Mm. Ooh, I like that. What are your thoughts on that? Either of you. My thoughts are, I agree. Yeah. Thank you. I can see it. She's got such a like tough personality anyway. And you feel like if she felt in any way threatened by people, no matter like what that meant, then she would absolutely take it out on other people. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Well, there's the phrase like hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely like when there are bullies and shows try and humanize them like that and try and um, make it so that you understand them better that's usually what they use is like they were so hurt that they decided to hurt people and that's never a good reason mm-hmm. cool motive still murder like it's it's never <laughs> it's never good enough you know it's like okay but they chose to make those de- that decision exactly yeah every day you know what i mean so it's definitely a motive of becoming a bully but yeah. that doesn't mean that you are exempt because you had a quote-unquote good reason to become a bully. Yeah. there is not a good reason to become a bully. Exactly. Uh, interesting. Um, okay. Even if Anna really did have good reasons. Uh, Saeed blames the others for Shannon's death and not Anna Lucia. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I think that's very fair. What do you think, Casey? Yeah, I mean, at least, like, instigating that fear within, you know, the tail section. Like, obviously, they're going to be extra on edge and even for you know, our main people back in season one, like everyone was just on edge. They were freaking out. So that wouldn't Mm -hmm. have really happened if it weren't for the others. So 
That's definitely true. Like, fear-mongering definitely kills. Yeah. Uh, Anna wakes up to Saeed staring at her. What the <laughs> heck was this? Why does this keep happening to her? This happened with Goodwin, too. Like, Anna oh, just wakes up and she's yeah. like, why are there men staring at me? Guys, what was this? I don't... Okay, okay. <laughs> Anna wakes up to Saeed staring at her. They're gonna get going. Charlie got breakfast, but not now, Charlie. What was, Sa- what was Saeed thinking when he was when he was looking at her? In the commentary, Yunjin was like, should I ship Anna Lucia and Saeed? Okay, <laughs> I kind of wanted to a little. Like, just a little... That would be so messed up. Saeed was like, you killed my other girlfriend, so now, by extension, you are my girlfriend. (laughs) Um, That could be a new trope. But they said, (laughs) Naveen is just romantic, so you think he has feelings for everyone. That's what they said. Okay, that's accurate. He just looks at people like that. It's true. He even looks at Locke like that. He looks at everyone like that. I'm like, Naveen, what are you doing? That's not communicating the right thing. (laughs) He never looks at at Jack like that. He always looks at Jack with, like, exasperation and confusion. That's also (laughs) how I look at Jack. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So what do you guys think that Saeed was thinking when he was watching Anna sleep? I don't think he was even seeing Anna. Oh, his- he was just, like, zoning out? Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense than anything I could possibly think of as to what- Right. Like, it's just- it's creepy. It's, it's creepy. It is, it's so weird. It's like, why are you doing this, dude? <laughs> um, Liz Sarnoff said that she wrote a line here that got cut. Um, it was when she woke up and saw Saeed and said, quote, what What am I drooling? <laughs> hey, that would have been cute. Why did they cut that? I don't know, but they got it. They, they cut it. Damn. Um, Charlie got breakfast. Is he trying to get back into people's good books? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also helpful. Well, I mean, he's the one who got the most amount of sleep. <laughs> So he's up early. All right, points were made. Yeah. Uh, they get to a large clearing and there isn't a balloon to be found. Saeed is ready to throw in the towel and go kill Henry, but Anna needs to be sure. Super sure. They start looking around. Saeed wants Henry to be wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So that he can punish him for Shannon. Which makes sense. I mean, Saeed's going through some stuff right now. Mm-hmm. But um, you can't hurt an innocent man for that. Yeah. Well, I mean, innocent. That speech at the end of the episode wasn't exactly um <laughs> a good case for why he's an innocent person. Right. It's like, hey, if I was going to commit a crime, here's how I'd commit it. And I'm like, uh, hello? (laughs) Yeah, I have thoughts on that when we get there, for sure. So Anna needs to be sure because of Nathan. Obviously, that's what she said earlier. Um, And then I just wanted to say that I really like Anna Lucia this episode. I I do not like Anna Lucia every episode. I have come around to her for sure. But um, this episode in particular, she's very likable, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. I agree. Yep. Okay, should we do the final monologue? Yeah. (laughs) All right. Same. (laughs) Jack opens the door. Henry is reading the Dostoevsky book and asks Jack about a passage from it. Jack lets Henry come out and have some cereal. Henry asks some questions about the hatch, which they don't answer. He lets slip that he drew a map for Anna, which they didn't know about. If he was actually evil, he'd lure them to the clearing, have them taken hostage, and trade them for himself. Good thing he's not actually a bad guy, right? Got any milk for the cereal? (laughs) What the hell? Was he just trying to see, like, how far he could push them before they just killed him? That's my question, is, it's like, what is the point here? Like, what, what is... I mean, I think this might be, like, a spoiler question, but, like, why, you know? He was so... But I don't know if it is a spoiler question. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, he was just, he was so good at, like, pushing their buttons. Like, really the whole time he's locked up, he's, like, trying to figure out how to make them tick, you know? Yeah. And, like, even when he's talking to them about, like, like asking about the computer and stuff, and 
he's like, oh, like, what's that for? And then just like, oh, you guys don't know much, do you? Like, he's always just trying to be like, oh, you don't, you don't know anything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like, no, they don't. Yeah. But he they comes from such out. a weird, like, side of it. Like, he just wants to start more problems. It's just so confusing because it's like he's being, com- like, purposefully ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, if he is evil, why is he saying this? You know, because then, then he's outing himself. If yeah. he isn't evil, then why are you saying this? You make yourself sound like a crazy person. Yeah. Like a huge target's on your back, even more so. Yeah. Exactly. So I feel like at that point, you'd kind of have to start to conclude, and again, this is no spoilers. This is just me saying, you would have to conclude this based on all of the weird crap he's done, that this is not a normal person. Mm -hmm. This is not just an innocent balloon enthusiast. There's (laughs) something more to this man. Yeah. I think that's fair. Even if he is a balloon enthusiast. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Even if he's still weird. He's also like, if he's a balloon enthusiast, he's also like low-key a psychopath. Yeah. Well, it's how casually he's doing it too. Like he's, he's just like eating away at his cereal and, you know, by the way, I would ambush your people. Like that's- If it was weird. <laughs> like, by the way, murder could be involved. And of course, then they end the episode. So you're like, okay, so did they get ambushed? <laughs> Are we in trouble right now? You know, and you just find out next week. Yeah. So Henry tells Locke that he doesn't like the book. Last last episode, he told me he didn't like the book. And Locke doesn't give him a different book. He's, <laughs> He's just like, good luck with that one it. then. Yeah. So the, um, the quote that he says is, Men reject their prophets and slay them. But they love their martyrs and honor those whom they have slain. So what's the difference between a martyr and a prophet? Either way, it sounds like you end up dead. <laughs> That's the spirit. I feel like a prophet preaches, but a martyr has actions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh my gosh, she's so smart. Tell me more about that. I don't know. That's just like what I was thinking about in terms of like wh- when he said it, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Like a martyr would be Jack and the prophet would be Locke mm. because of spoiler <laughs> reasons, mm-hmm. basically. But I, I definitely think that's the difference. I would hope that's the difference just right. because if there is no difference, what the heck? Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, th- that's my thought. Yeah. I mean, that's not to say that I don't think that Locke wouldn't die for the island. I think he would. Mm-hmm. But I think his role is more of a prophet. Gotcha. They were saying in the commentary that they came with um, a lot of different quotes from that book. And this was one of the first ones that they chose. It fits really well. Mm -hmm. And they said that they chose it because not only is it like the whole Jack and Locke thing, but you're trying to figure out if Henry is a martyr or a prophet. Mm -hmm. And you just don't know. I wonder what you would think if you were watching this for the first time. Yeah. Like, I would say martyr, probably. Mm -hmm. Just based on his actions. Right. Because he's basically going to die locked in there. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Or at least that's what it looks like. Yeah. Um, so why does Jack let him out? I think he's just like a subtle get back at Locke, but um, he didn't know about the map. Like he, Henry was like, oh, I must be getting like a prize because I was good. And they're like, what? <laughs> so do you think that he knew that Anna hadn't told him? I feel like he maybe could have guessed. Yeah. 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 Especially because if he can hear everything that they're saying, since they're not talking about that. Oh, good point. So I didn't even think about that. They don't know much. Are they not curious? Um, Here, Henry is a surrogate for the audience because the audience has all these questions too. Mm -hmm. And they're not getting the answers. And they won't for a long time. Yeah. (laughs) And because they are able to do like, there are multiple characters in the show that have, that are like surrogates for the audience. Mm -hmm. Elizabeth Sarnoff had said that like Damon Lindelof has a really incredible understanding for what the audience will feel Mm -hmm. before they even show the episode. Okay. So I thought that was really cool. I love writers who think about how their audiences will react Mm -hmm. because some writers really Mm -hmm. don't. 
Yeah. Um, so they didn't know about the map. Uh, oh, here's another thing. Um, for the Lost in Location, Jack Bender was talking. He said that he loves Michael Emerson. He is highly trained. Some of his amazing speeches in the hands of another actor could start to sound like speeches or like preachy um, sort of things. But Michael finds the ups and downs mm-hmm. with the words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that that speech at the end in the hands of another actor not even if the actor was a bad actor even if it was a good actor it just it wouldn't be as good because yeah. he just understands henry mm-hmm. so well i think an, another actor would be more tempted to play more emotion mm. like either more menacing or more flippant but by keeping it completely almost deadpan there's such an undercurrent of evil to it yeah that another actor could Mm -hmm. not do Mm -hmm. i think that him chewing the cereal is probably foley and the foley artists had to do that and i think that's funny (laughs) i think it's so funny that they had him chewing during that yeah it was a casual conversation yeah yeah okay so i think we talked about this already but if henry is a normal guy what is the point of this final speech why why fun i just like yeah if he finally thinks he's going to have an out because he gave anna that map and she said she was gonna go like get his his balloon and they were all gonna figure it out then would he not want to start being like more trustworthy i mean you would think Mm -hmm. but i don't know but maybe (laughs) if he's not an innocent person that wouldn't be part of his agenda right hmm Hmm. things to think about yeah of course if i was one of them these people that you seem to think are your enemies what would i do There'd be no balloon. So I'd draw a map to a real secluded place. Like a cave or some underbrush. Good place for a trap. An ambush. And when your friends got there, a bunch of my people would be waiting for them. And then they'd use them to trade for me. I guess it's a good thing I'm not one of them, huh? And then you guys got any milk? <laughs> no, I'm Iconic. lactose intolerant. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thanks for bringing that up, though. Sorry. Yeah. Um, that's all I had for that storyline, other than, like, spoiler thoughts. Do you guys have any other ones? I uh, just love no. Michael Emerson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my contribution to that storyline. I want sure. to give him all the awards for everything ever. And, like, thank God he got awards for this. Yeah. Oh, yes. He deserved them. If he didn't, yeah. I'd still be complaining about it to this day. Oh, yeah. Oh, full. It's like how Steve Carell not a- never got an award for The Office. Yep. You're like, what? Yep. yep. Um. Hey, Brittany, do you know what Patreon is? Uh, I don't. Why don't you tell me? Sure. So Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. And we actually have one. It's at patreon.com slash theaficionados. And basically, our lowest one is $1 a month. So that's less than a coffee. Whoa for every month um and it really helps us out because we have four different podcast feeds and it's not free so uh if you think that our content which will always be free is worth your money we would love your help at patreon.com slash the aficionados and uh if you can't donate for any reason that's totally okay the next best thing you can do is recommend us to a friend but you do get early access to every pod at least one day ahead of time if you do become a patron and there's our shameless plug and there it is yep we did it thank you um okay let's talk about um sun and her pregnancy (laughs) oh boy Alright, here we go. Uh, Sun is working in her garden when Jin comes over and yells at her. She shouldn't be there alone because that's where she was attacked a few episodes ago. Sun counters that she can worry about herself. Jin gets so angry that he starts uprooting her garden so that she doesn't have a reason to be there anymore. 
That's a man I'd want to have a child with. <laughs> like, what the hell kind of lack of anger management? I mean, he's looking out for her safety in the complete wrong way. Mm-hmm. He's doing nothing but driving her away. Mm-hmm. Dan, uh, Daniel Day Kim in the um, commentary was saying that it's very interesting that a lot of the characters are reverting and regressing um, in these past few episodes. Like, especially Charlie, who's going back into not being great. Um, <laughs> Sawyer is going back to, like, stealing things. <laughs> Um, and then Jin, of course, is going back to season one Jin. Do you agree that they reverted? Yeah. Yeah? 100%. I mean, yeah, a little bit, at least. Especially, like, just with the start with Jin, like, watching it, I was like, he wasn't still like this. You know, like, by this mm-hmm. point, like, you know, he yeah. had made changes, but to see him go and react like that, it just wasn't like him. Mm-hmm. It was very jarring to see that violence from him after, like, most of the second season of not seeing that at all um they are saying that there's actually a deleted scene uh in this episode where Jin wakes up in the morning and sun is missing Mm. so he wakes up and he gets like this jolt of fear thinking that she's been taken again um and then goes and like runs to her garden and everything that makes more Um, sense well that would make more sense so that adds a little bit to it even though he's like literally just like filled with fear and therefore like Dan said regresses a little bit back into what he's not necessarily more comfortable with but like what he's used to mm-hmm. it's still definitely an overreaction yeah it's an overreaction but an overreaction that would have a justification mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. does Jin think that Sun wants to be taken again <laughs> possibly like my man what are you doing like she didn't have the greatest time last time do you think she's doing these things on purpose does he think that ruining her garden is helpful <laughs> if like, he does he's a complete fool <laughs> Like, obviously he's doing it so that she doesn't have a reason to be there anymore. But I'm like, that's your food. Yeah. And medicine. Jin, come on, my man. What what are you doing? (laughs) Does he think that the detriment of her hating him is worth her safety? Yes. I definitely Mm -hmm. think that's true. Yeah. I think human beings would very naturally make that assumption. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, you can hate me, but you'll be alive. Yeah. Yeah. Sun finds herself feeling nauseous. Rose and Bernard are fighting because Bernard forgot Rose's birthday. (laughs) They urge Sun to go see Jack, but she insists that she's fine and walks away. So a husband and wife fighting in front of her isn't great for right now. No. (laughs) That she's literally just being triggered again. Yeah. But of course, how are they to know? Yeah. Plus, it's it's not so much fighting as it is bickering, which... Yeah, I think has a different energy to it. I mean, it's a parallel as well. Exactly. That they're trying to be like, like what the different types of fights are mm. and what they should look like, you know? Yep. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm just a little lightheaded. Well, you look as pale as a sheet. Well, give her some water. Yes, ma'am. Don't pay him any mind, honey. He's just mad at the world because he forgot my birthday. Well, I didn't forget. I don't even know what day of the week it is. It's Saturday, Bernard. Honey, can you walk? Really? I'm all right. Maybe we should go get Jen. No. I think I was just out in the sun too long. Well, you spent a lot of time around the baby. Maybe you caught something. At least talk to Jack. Really? I'm okay. Thank you. He forgot Rose's birthday, which is November 20th. Come on, man. Get it together. November 20th. Yeah. And Rose knows what day of the week it is. Mm-hmm. How? She's been paying attention. I have spoiler thoughts about this. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to Okay. So I think we'll move on from there. Okay. Uh, Sun asks Sawyer if she can look through his stash. He says, no. He tells her that if she tells him what she wants and he has it, he'll give it to her. No take backsies. Okay. And she asks him oh, for a pregnancy test. <gasps> what? what? That's crazy. That's, I never would have expected that. Mm-hmm. 
So he calls her Sunshine. He actually calls her Sunshine twice this episode. It's like, if of all of Sawyer's nicknames, Sunshine is one of the most pure ones. Yeah. And he can keep that one. It's also the laziest. Mm-hmm. That's definitely true. <laughs> like, That's true. Okay, her name is Sun. Okay, okay. What, what's your nickname? Sun... Shine. <laughs> I'm like, okay, fool. Sure. Um, he's reading. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. <laughs> Why is he reading that? That's all he has. Oh he my... just loves to read. Oh my god. <laughs> How many times do you think he's read that? <laughs> read that book? Yes. I mean, he probably keeps it, and then if he runs out of books, he's like, guess I'll start over. <laughs> guess I'll read this one again. Guess I'll just start writing fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are just so many books in the hatch that I'm like, you chose this one, huh? Yeah. Why did he pick that out of all of? <sighs> Oh, that's Boy. true. I have a feeling this one wasn't in the hatch. Like, this was in someone's luggage. Yeah. Why would you travel with that book? <laughs> Maybe it was a kid. Oh, okay, okay. All right, I've been told. <laughs> okay. The He says that the book is very predictable and it doesn't have enough sex in it. And this book is actually on banned books list, list which I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Banned um, books is an interesting uh, concept. Now, we'll talk a little bit more about it um, at the end in um, Sawyer's Book Corner, of course. Mm-hmm. Which, like, this is one of the best examples of Sawyer's Book Corner because he's actually reading it. But uh, on the Lostpedia page for this book, it says, due to its relatively frank treatment of adolescent sexuality and religion, this book is one of the top 100 most frequently challenged books at libraries, um, books that have been requested to be banned, according to the American Library Mm -hmm. Association. Interesting. It's like this book was, as far as I know, it was like written for Mm -hmm. kids so that they could work through their like, like actual real problems that people don't want to talk to them about. And people are still trying to ban it, even though it's trying to just educate, you know, which is sad. I don't think books should be banned. No, they shouldn't. Mm-mm. Like, opinion. everyone get different things from different pieces of literature. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to you have to allow everyone to, like, read what they want to read. Mm-hmm. In the commentary, Yoonjin had said this is the first time that Sun is trying to get something from Sawyer. I never thought about that. Like, it happens, a lot of people do it. It's a lot, it's mostly Kate and Jack yeah. who are trying to get stuff from Sawyer, but this is the first time Sun was doing it. And you can tell because she shows up and she's like, hi, Sawyer. Do you like your book? Tell me more about that. Just wondering if I can hang out with you for a sec. Hey, is it okay if I look through your stuff? And he's like, oh, no. I heard that you have all the uh, medical supplies. You heard correct. May I look through them? No, you may not. But if you'll tell me what you're looking for. Forget it. Okay, hold on. Now I'm intrigued. Tell you what. Tell me what you're looking for and it's yours, gratis. Can't I just look myself? It's not a drugstore, sweetheart. Do you think Sawyer was disappointed that she wasn't just there to talk? Maybe. (laughs) He's like, hey, I didn't know we were friends. Yeah, exactly. Love that for us. Cute. And he was like, oh, I made a friend today. And then it was, oh, you just also want something (laughs) cool. (laughs) Um, But he says that he'll give it to her if he's got it. She just has to tell him what it is. Right now, like, in the show, Sawyer's just a convenience store. Yeah. Oh my god, he is! <gasps> That's so funny! After the long con, uh, the next episode, he was catching a frog with Hurley. <laughs> and then, so that was in one of them. And then in maternity leave, Kate went to go get a gun from him. And then in this episode, Sun got her pregnancy test from him. Like, he's, he's just a convenience store. He's really good at it, though. Oh, yeah. Actually, he's kind of bad at it. He oh. doesn't really let people buy anything from him. <laughs> yeah. And if he does, the cost is far too high. The economy is too bad for this, Sawyer. You can't be doing this. <laughs> it's you can't 
be, sustainable. You can't be turning away business. In exactly. This regard. Sun has her pregnancy test and she's walking through the jungle. She comes across <laughs> Hurley, who is eating a chocolate bar. They both hide their secrets from each other, Hurley telling Sun that he's found the chocolate by happenstance. <laughs> Neither of them care about the other's secrets, so they go on their merry ways. I think that's so funny. Mm-hmm. It's such a small piece of the episode, but it's so important. Yep. I love it. They're like, hey, are you doing something shady? Yeah. Are you doing something shady? Yeah. Well, all right then. On the um, commentary, they were saying, like, Dan was asking how many pregnancy tests were on the island. And the writers were asking whose test it was. Mm-hmm. That was my question as well. Because I was like, did Sun just bring that with her? I, I don't. Oh, hmm, interesting. I was about to say, like, I don't think she would because because she knew that she can't get pregnant because of her husband. But if she just had her potential affair with Jay Lee... And she knows she's not infertile. Right. Interesting. Could be. Things to think about. Um, they both have something to hide that they're ashamed of. This is set up for a Hurley episode that's coming up here. Um, the pregnancy test is made by Widmore Labs. Oh my god. <laughs> and that's just a really important uh, name to remember. Thank you. <laughs> I can't believe that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it started early. Yeah. Yeah. Yunjin was also saying that she was supposed to say goodbye, Hurley, at the end of the scene, but she never did because her character was like too tense and she just forgot every time. <laughs> oh my god. Which happens. Yeah. I wonder why though. I mean, like, did did Yunjin forget or did Sun forget? Like Yunjin knew that was her line, but yeah. like once you get in there and you're doing the scene, if it doesn't feel right, then you don't do it. Okay. You know? So, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then she didn't do it. Sun has done the pregnancy test and Kate is helping her with it. Sun thanks Kate for not asking why Jin isn't here. The pregnancy test is positive. I. It's so sweet that Kate is the one who goes with her. Yeah, Sun trusted Kate with this for sure. Um, they were asking like who flies with a pregnancy test. That's what the um, commentary was saying. And Elizabeth Sarnoff said that she thinks, and she's a writer, so it's like, I don't know how much we can like think of this as canon. It was not canon in the show. But um, Elizabeth Sarnoff said that she thinks it's Kate's. <gasps> so... What? I don't know if we want to, like, talk about that possibility. <laughs> what do you think, Brittany? Um, my thoughts are that I actually don't like that theory. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't dig that. Because I don't think that that's something that Kate would do. Why would Carry she need- a pregnancy test? Why would she need to do that? Yeah, um, I think- <sighs> And see. why would she be allowed to do that? Yeah, does she? did she even have any luggage? No, she was under arrest. She didn't have anything. Mm. That makes no sense to me. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. You're right. I was, like, thinking about it. I was, like, what are the, like, what does that mean? Like, when Sun is, like, using it and she's, like, yeah, don't know where that came from. Weird. <laughs> but Kate does say that she has taken one before. Right. And Yunjin was also saying that they worried a lot about getting the timing right. Like, they were, like, it's supposed to be two minutes. So we have to, like, go do this and then this. And it's, like, how long has it been? It has to have been two minutes. Like, they were very worried about the details about it having been two minutes. Yep. Which I think is really cool. I thought that this maybe was our Bechdel test pass. Uh, But at some point, like, they do talk about, like, pregnancy tests and thank you for being here. At some point, Kate says, I can't believe Sawyer had one of these. And Sun says, thanks for asking that it's you and not Jin. So that's two men that are brought up. What do you guys think? Does this pass the Bechdel test? No. No. Yeah, no. Man, it's too bad. And the reason I do is because even though they are talking about issues, they are talking about issues that pertain to men and their men's involvement in it. Mm. Yeah, no, no. That's too bad. Unfortunately, no, I don't So close so. this time. So close. Alas. They go ask Jack's advice because he's a doctor man. Jack says that a positive is a positive and congratulations. Also, it's none of my business, but you should tell Jin. <laughs> like, literally. At least Jack acknowledges that he has no place. He's, 
he's in no place to be giving advice. Which is kind of a first for him. Yeah. Who even are you, Jack? What's going on, bud? <laughs> Whoa, respect for other people? What's going on with this uh, sudden uh, helpful perspective? Hmm. Never heard of this before. These tests are pretty accurate. You know, false negative in the first week, maybe. But positive is a positive. But it's impossible. Oh, no, it's possible. <laughs> you feeling queasy, lightheaded? Please, Jack. This is private. Nobody can know. You're not going to tell Jin? In time, I will. It's just... It's complicated. As complicated as Jin being the last one on the island to find out you spoke English? Son, my advice, and, and it's just that, because I'm the last person to ask about this, but... You should tell him. And when you do, you should tell him everything. The whole truth. So he's like... You should tell him everything, which implies that he knows that she has something to hide. Or is that just an interesting word choice? Interesting word yeah. choice. Okay. Yeah, I think I, so too. Yeah, I couldn't be that she has something to No. He wouldn't know. So when he's saying, like, you have to tell me the whole truth, or not tell me, but like tell him the whole truth, there's this shot of Kate. And so my first thought was like, does she have something to tell somebody? But I think it's just because she feels like Jack is not telling her the whole truth. Mm. Like yeah. Jack is saying, tell people the whole truth, but he's not following his own advice because yeah. she can tell that he's not telling her the whole truth. Also, when did Jack have time to go to the beach? <laughs> he, was, he had a whole hatch storyline, and in between, he just like popped in and out again. I guess so. Like, it's just weird. I think it only takes like half an hour, forty five minutes to an hour to get to walk there. That was the, that was a big time range right there. Half an hour to forty five minutes to an hour. The time range is only half an hour. I said what I said. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't give the whole truth truth to Kate. Why is he keeping it from her? Like, why isn't Kate, like, is it because in the hunting party she, like, messed up and she was, um, like, she came with them? Maybe. And then it, and then they lost their guns and stuff and they couldn't do anything and Jack was upset? Like, that was a bit ago. Is that what he's still mad about? In my opinion, Jack treats Kate like glass mm -hmm. because he has sort of, like, deified her, like, definitely made her, you know the the woman mm -hmm. for him and so the way that he treats her leadership skills and stuff is like kind of dismissive yeah mm -hmm. i don't know i think honestly I, I think the main point is um sexism yeah mm -hmm. you know interesting he wasn't gonna include anna Locke had to go and do that yep right and then Locke was like hey we should include anna and he's like i didn't even think about that woman <laughs> like, yeah but you should have yeah yeah i definitely think it's good old-fashioned like sexism i think that he has kate on a pedestal and you know just the way he treats kate is very much like i have an idea of who you are and my idea of who you are is more accurate than who you really are mm -hmm. you know I mean, if I could put my skate hat on, I think Sawyer sees Claire. Claire. <laughs> I think Sawyer sees Kate more clearly than Jack does. Yeah. At least at this point in the story, even though Sawyer isn't even that great to her, especially recently when he like full on manipulated her. But I definitely think that he sees her more as a person than Jack does because he sees her as an entity rather than a human. I would agree with that. Yeah. Casey, what are, what are your ships? We, we haven't talked about oh, yeah, What, are what your is ships? wrong with us? I mean, I'm a Suliet fan yeah so yes. but i mean because of that i always sort of lean jack and kate just because that kept them <clears throat> out of the way but um sure. that's so fair <laughs> yeah. and also i did the same thing but for like them just by themselves they have so many issues like i don't know i never really connected with those two as a couple like it was just same. more of like happenstance of like oh you guys are more in charge than everyone and you kind of yeah. like each other so I guess that'll work but I feel like 
that never really got developed enough. Like them actually yeah. sort of relying on each other and having like a good back and forth. It was like like you were saying, Jack being a bit more, you know, having an idea of how Kate is as a person rather than like learning that together. Yeah, like seeing her for who she is and like mm-hmm. getting to know her. And he made because I think that sorry, go ahead. You no, know, like he makes like those um, snap judgments and stuff too. Like even finding out. Yes. You know, season one, it's like, oh, she's the fugitive. Like, I'm immediately, you know, have a, a opinion based on that. So I think mm-hmm. that's just... And he made that about him, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, he really did. He really did. <sighs> oh, Jack. Jack. <laughs> Early seasons, Jack, I'm like, sit down, my friend. <laughs> you have not developed enough to be worthy of my time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, next scene. Bernard is untangling his net. He's really upset. Jin stops him. Oh, that rhymes. Rhyming! (laughs) Jin stops him. Bernard explains that he's trying to catch oysters, not fish. He's trying to find a pearl so he can give it to Rose to apologize for forgetting her birthday. Sawyer walks up, telling Bernard that Jin's going to be a dad. Jin can't understand them, though. I'm kind of shocked that the word pregnant isn't more universal. Tell me, what? What do you mean? I, I feel like the minute that Sawyer said pregnant, I feel like that should have tipped Jin off. Like, that's that's a pretty... Did he say the word pregnant? Yes! I know, because I was like, oh, okay, Jin knows now. Because I forgot what happened in this episode. But then he didn't. Yeah, and then he didn't. So I was like, what the heck? <laughs> what the... I was about to go, like, find the transcript and just search the word pregnant. And I'm like, that's a... There, there's gonna be a lot. Yeah, good there. luck with that. <laughs> Back in the day, you couldn't even what... use that word on TV. Pregnant? Yeah. What? Yeah. Um... I'm, I'm an I Love Lucy fan, <laughs> and there's an episode when you find out that Lucy's pregnant, but they weren't allowed to say it. They said it in Spanish for, like, Ricky, wow. but it was because at that time. That's a way to get around it. Yeah. Or, like, expecting, but it was like, oh, you oh. know, if you're pregnant, like, there's implications behind that. There's a bad yeah. connotation. So it's funny that- What the hell? Even here, it's like, oh, they said it? Like, you, you would think that would be- something people would pick up on but yeah interesting that's shocking mm-hmm. I, I, that's wow um so i just wanted to say that i'm a genius because sawyer does not say the word pregnant. god damn it he says yo daddy yo way to go papa son you didn't waste much time I, i'd give you a cigar bernie but i'm fresh out <laughs> keep it down there Susie. i don't think Jin senior knows yet so that's a lot of nicknames <laughs> in one <laughs> wait someone says the word pregnant oh sorry bernard says son's pregnant frick you you said sawyer oh I, I was half right and you know it. Okay, um, I'll shake your hand. We are, we both win. Okay. okay. <sighs> uh, okay, so when they speak backwards, um, they say... Keep it down there, Susie. I don't think Jen Sr. here knows yet. So somebody go. I think so. Seal, my man. Oh, I to shoot. Oh, I'm white. Yeah, now it's not still... Let Sunshine tell him. Hell no. You should tell him. Well, not my place. Why aren't you going to tell him that? Well, I got my source. Well, well, how do you know? Bernard says, well, how do you know? Sawyer says, oh, I got my source. Bernard says, well, aren't you going to tell him that? And Sawyer says, that's not my place. And Bernard says, you should tell... You should tell him. And Sawyer said, hell no, let Sunshine tell him. (laughs) I'm kind of surprised that Bernard was advocating that Sawyer spill the beans. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, how would he even tell him? <laughs> you would have to oh, play yeah. charades, and Sawyer's not that guy. Sawyer's to, like, shove leaves up his shirt. <laughs> so, if if we count sunshine inside the backwards st- stuff, that's one, two, three, four, five, 
six nicknames in that scene. That's so, that's too many. <laughs> that's a lot. It's ridiculous. Sawyer has no control over his life. <laughs> Jin is also speaking Korean. Bernie says, now I'm calling him Bernie. Bernie? Well, that's Who what Sawyer you? just called him. Oh. Uh, he says, oh, for the love of God. And Jin comes over and says, I have to unfold. Do not put them together. You have to unfold them. So he's basically like, your net is tangled. Untangle your net. <laughs> You he's idiot. just trying to help. <laughs> and then he says, it's not for fish. And then Jin goes, no, no. Then he tries to show him that he needs an oyster. And then uh, Jin says, do not waste your time. No oysters here. So. I wonder why there were no oysters there. Because there are oysters in Hawaii. Well, they're not they're in, 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 in Hawaii. They're in Hawaii. <laughs> okay. Hi, I forgot the entire plot of this show. Do you mind? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Also, like, Sawyer, Jin understands more than you give him credit for. Fully. He spent so much time with Jin, like, he should know that. He's learned a lot of English stuff. That's why, like, I was kind of confused by the characterization of Jin in this whole episode. Because I was like, what the hell? He actually speaks a good chunk of English now. Mm-hmm. Bernard wants to apologize for forgetting Rose's birthday, but it's hard when you don't even know what day it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm on Team Bernard here. Just because Rose knows what day it is doesn't mean that Bernard does. Yeah! Come on, Rose! Oh, Rose. Um, Jin is replanting all of Sun's garden. She finds him there. He apologizes. It's hard to live here because he can't communicate with anyone and he needs her help to learn. She tells him that she's pregnant and he is overjoyed. Okay, okay. But he learned to communicate with Michael. I mean, simply, yeah. But Michael isn't here. But Sawyer is! This is why I'm so confused! Yeah, that's true. There are a lot of great parallels between Jin and Sun and Rose and Bernard this episode. Mm. Yes. I think that's pretty cool. Bernard has to apologize and so does Jin. <laughs> Bernard's is a much uh, smaller issue. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sun learned English, now Jin needs her to teach him. But God, it must be lonely. Yeah. Yeah. When there's only one person you can talk to and sometimes she's mad at you. <laughs> and everyone else just sounds complete gibberish. Yeah. Did you guys ever see that video that this filmmaker made in which it was like English to non-English speaking people? Mm-hmm. No. It was really interesting. It was like a whole bunch of English words, but they like didn't make any sense grammatically. Okay. So, so it fully didn't make sense if you were watching it, but it's like what English sounds like if you didn't know how to speak English. Mm. It's really cool. When they did it backwards, I thought that was genius. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was going crazy for a second, but it was genius. <laughs> um, so I just searched English to non-English speakers and there is a video, it's four minutes long. It's called How English Sounds to Non-English Speakers and it's by Brian and Carl on YouTube. Okay. So if you guys are interested, you can check that out. It's really cool. So Obviously, we're going to talk about, like, Jin's reasons for wanting a baby in a few minutes here, but it seems like Jin wanted a baby even if it isn't for her dad to give him a safer job. Like, that doesn't matter now. Mm-hmm. They're on he this island, but he's still happy. He didn't communicate that well, though. Yeah. You know? Like, I get that he's happy now, but I, especially in the flashbacks, I think, is where I have the issue, where I was yeah. like, dude... This just seems so selfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dan said that they shot many versions of this scene with varying emotions. So it was cool to see which one was chosen. And it <laughs> seems to be one of the simpler ones that they did was chosen. So I thought that was cool. So like, was one like disappointment or? No, no. Like it was always the same words, but like then, but they would change it. Like whether it was like, you know, there was like a hint of confusion and stuff. Oh. In it, or like, or or, like, even happier, and it was, like, bigger or, or something. Okay. So, but this was, like, one of the simpler ones that, that's just I like, like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty cool. Sun told him the secret. She didn't know how to tell him before. She promises him that she's never been with another dude, so it's got to be his. Jin believes it was a miracle then. This is the first time that the show has ever done a flashback that was the story being told to save time. Like, they've never done this before, in which it was, like, because usually it's just, like, the character is remembering it, slash it's just kind of, like, happening 
mm-hmm. alongside where we're seeing it. But this time it was like, we are seeing the flashback and Sun is telling the story at the same time that the flashback is happening oh. just to save time so that she didn't have to tell him on screen. And they've never done that before. <laughs> that's crazy. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They don't do that a lot. No. Because mm-hmm. that's the most, probably the most traditional flashback. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So as we, as far as we know right now, nothing happened b- between her and Jay. Okay. I have my doubts. But she definitely has a look on her face exactly. at the end there. So it's like, you're not sure how much you believe mm-hmm. her. So what's the truth? Right. Which of course we will talk about in the spoiler section. section. I have a quote from Damon Lindelof uh, from the Lost on Location that I wrote down and I will now say it. Oh, okay. Okay, here it is. All right. At the end of the second season, she's a little more, she being Sun, is a little more morally ambiguous than he is, he being Jin. Mm. Which is cool because looking at the pilot and that moment when he slaps her hand or yells at her to button up her collar, you never would think this was their Mm. life. That's true. That she was more morally ambiguous than yeah. he was. Well, you never know that she ha- she was capable of that. Right. But that's like the really cool thing about Sun is her depth. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated that quote. I like that. As they replant the garden, Sun and Jin discuss baby names. It's not really much of a secret anymore. Seems like everybody already knows. Jin's ready to go back, but Sun wants to stay alone for a while. Jin lets her. Sun tells him she loves him and he says it back in English. It's real cute. <laughs> I love the symbolicness of him saying it in English. Mm-hmm. Symbolism? You know, that's also a word. <laughs> You know? Um, They were saying that they shot all of the garden scenes in one day, and this was the last one, and they were tired. Oh my god. (laughs) They want to use characters from their parents' names, like his father, who's a good guy, and her mother, who's way better than her dad. (laughs) So, respect. Um, I don't know how, like, names work in, in, like, languages that don't use letters. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's really cool that you can use characters from other people's names and make a completely different name. Yeah, that's really neat. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. And then they- I'd love to learn more about that at some point. And then they then translate them to English. To yeah. make, and we're like, whoa, I've never seen that word before. Yeah. It's like, well, because it was two different words before. <laughs> it's very cool. Um, everyone else always know already knows. Uh, he says, are you ready for lunch? And this was actually the end of the day, so the sun is setting. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. I was like, oh, isn't this um, sunset? Hello? <laughs> Uh, he chooses to let her stay alone. Why does she want to stay alone? Just to prove that she's okay by herself? Mm, yeah, and probably to process everything that had happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It was probably a test. Oh. Yeah, I'll just yeah. see if he was chill with yeah. her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Has it been a long time since they've said I love you casually? That's what it seems like. Probably. Because he was so surprised when she said it. And they've been fighting so much. That's sad. Yeah. Elizabeth Sarnoff said, and I quote, She said it before she even thought about it, and that's how she knows it's true. Aww. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. I'm um, And then Yunjin said that she was worried that it was going to be cheesy, like him saying it in in, um, in English. Mm-hmm. But Dan really pulled it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. It's happy. Because the delivery is so subtle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any more thoughts about that storyline before we move on to the flashbacks? I just love them. <laughs> yeah. Jin and Sun, I love them so much. Yeah. I think they really, they did a good job like wrapping up the episode i mean there's so much tension with them and Mm -hmm. you know like i I always hate watching like the scenes where they're fighting like it hurts me to see them not getting along so like whenever they end it on a nice note with them it's always good yeah yeah like oh they're gonna be okay that means i'll be okay (laughs) exactly jin is in bed and sun enters the room in some fancy lingerie not that fancy they're gonna get down to business when Jin starts asking about how their baby conceiving is going (laughs) Jin reveals that the reason why he wants the baby is so that Sun's dad will give him safer safer jobs Sun cries 
Brittany, I know you have thoughts. Yeah, my thoughts are, ew, gross. <laughs> what the hell? His justification isn't, I love you and I would love to have a child with you. It's, hey, um, having a kid would make your, did, your dad bully me less. So <laughs> let's do that. And I'm like, cool, that's a really great environment for a child to grow up in. I'm not happy. I'm sorry. I hate it. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. You know what I mean? Um, it's selfish. Yeah. Yeah. And considering Jin actually, from what I've been able to tell, Jin actually had a pretty good childhood. Like, he had a really good dad. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. But how do you justify having a child and raising a child in that environment when you yourself had a good parent? Well, he only, he had one parent who was good to him, but he was ashamed of his father. Right. So, yeah. Hmm. I think, I think as long as, like, he's still working for her dad, but he's making money, because, like, his family was poor. Yeah. Oh, so, that's right. That does play into it a lot, of course. I think if he feels like he's making enough money and he can provide for his family, that it will be better than what he's got mm. right now. I don't know. Casey, what do you think? Yeah, I think so. Because, like, he, I mean, he never appreciated his dad, despite his dad being the best parent on the show. Literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think, you know, he did so much to try to make up for all of that with Sun, and he really wanted to be seen as someone who's, like, worthy of her. But, yeah, he just, he went about it in all the wrong ways. It's just kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. Yoonjin said that the this is the first time that Jin is, like, frank with her about her father. Mm-hmm. Like, they just don't really talk about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, and this is, like, one of the first times where he's ever been like, I am scared. So... Um, on the on location and the commentary, um, Dan said that this was a really hard acting challenge. This scene was because of the big swings that had to happen from moment to moment. He said it went from like a seduction scene to an argument scene, to a fight scene, to like a repentant asking for forgiveness scene mm-hmm. in a very small amount of time. Oh yeah. And I mean, that is how humans, we, we flip like that so quickly, Yeah, but it must be hard to try and communicate that with someone when you're, you know, basically acting. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And they're not. At one point, I seem to remember they weren't even looking at each other at one point. Yeah, she was turned away from him. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just like, there's a lot of blocking and a lot of different emotions to go through. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, Dan also said that he would have different crew members sit on the bed to surprise Yoonjin every time she walked in the room <laughs> in her close-ups. Oh, that's so cute! Making her job a little harder, but that's okay. <laughs> Sun enters the hotel room of our main man, Jay Lee. He's been teaching her English. She was supposed to tell Jin, but she couldn't bring herself to do it. Jay Lee tells her that they can totally stop the classes if she's uncomfortable about it, but neither of them want that. No comment. <laughs> no comment? No. You said that you liked how Jay, Jay Lee was, like, respecting that she... If she yeah, was but the whole on. situation is, like, y'all are having an affair. Like, I They're do, not having an affair yet. They're having an emotional affair. That's fair. So it's... Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I just... I do... Did we just... What just happened? I don't know. Casey, are you there? Yeah. That was weird. Oh, weird. Did you hear that? Something, yeah. Okay, weird. Well, whatever, we're still here. Anyway, That was the government, like, logging off. They were tired of listening to us. Because they heard you had Um, no comment on Sun and Jay, and they're like, oh, okay, well, that's what we wanted, so. Yeah, 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 Yeah. that's what I was here for. (laughs) Sorry, you were saying emotional fair? I I just, like, while I do respect that he does respect her boundaries, at the end of the day, that relationship was never going to work because they were already moving towards infidelity. Mm-hmm. And that's my opinion on that. Okay. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah. <laughs> Cosine. <Yeah. laughs> I like the simplicity of that. 
I always liked Jay Lee, not necessarily like in, you know, to replace Jin or anything, but right. I just think his character is really interesting. I think he's only on like three or four episodes in the entire series, but he always like really made an impression on me. Mm-hmm. He's very charismatic. Mm-hmm. Yes. So very soft, unassuming. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. interesting. So I like I like when we get to see him because I'm like, what's going on here? Um, Dan and Yunjin said that they both actually know him, like mm-hmm. the guy who plays him, and they're friends. So it's fun to have him. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yunjin was also saying that Karen, who directed the episode, like really wanted it to feel suspenseful when she was walking in. Like it was supposed to be like, oh my gosh, she's full on here for an affair. Holy crap. And then it turned out it was just like English lessons. Ooh. <laughs> and so that's what she said. She specifically wanted that. Mm. Um, but what I did really want to point out about this is that she has a key to the room. Mm. Yep. See? Exactly. She's not knocking. Exactly. Like, she has a key, which I think is uh, an important detail that says a lot. Dan was saying that this set is actually the same place as their apartment. I knew it. (laughs) It's the same friggin' hotel in Honolulu, and they just redress it in, like, vaguely... Like, we talked about this uh, in season one with my cousin Jillian, because she had done a lot of research on, like, the decor in here. And, like, none of it is actually, like, Korean decor. Mm-hmm. It's, like, a mix of, like, Chinese and Japanese. But they were like, well, it's Asian. We'll just throw it in there. And I was like, this is bad. <laughs> so he's teaching her English. Oh, this was really cool, actually. They were like, Yunjin, how do you memorize your lines? Is mm-hmm. it hard to remember your lines in in, uh, in English? And see, she said that what she does, because her accent is actually, like, pretty Americanized. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Dan was, like, raised in America, so his accent is obviously American. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but she was raised in Korea, and but her, her accent is not as pronounced as Sun's is yeah. on the show. So, so that she gets her Korean accent out on the show, she said that the way she remembers her lines is she writes the English lines in Korean and memorizes it in Korean so that her accent <gasps> will come out more and then says them in English. That's so unnecessarily complicated. I'm like, holy crap, that's a lot. That's really cool. But I thought that was really cool, yeah. <laughs> so Jay Lee gives her really bad relationship advice because he's like, oh, you want to go to America? Well, I tried to go to America, and the American girl that I loved completely fell through, so stuff sucks there. Be like, mm, yeah, that's a garbage <laughs> place. But he says he's willing to stop teaching her if she's uncomfortable with their arrangement. Of course, he knows that she doesn't want to do that, and he doesn't want to do that, so. But the offer is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. That's important. Yeah, and he knows that she doesn't want to do that, but if she were to say, yes, let's stop the the lessons, he absolutely would have mm-hmm. stopped. I mean. I believe that. Sun and Jin are at the fertility doctor to figure out what's up. Dr. Kim starts with some pleasantries, but Jin don't got time for that. He asks what the results are, and the doctor tells them that Sun does not have the ability to have children. Even with surgery, it's impossible. Jin starts to flip out and accuses Sun of knowing the whole time and keeping it from him. Sun's like, yeah, totally, you're a catch, bro. And Jin storms out. (laughs) The shade. See, there's there's different levels to that, because you're a catch, because he's a fisherman's son. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, wow. Um, it was a complex joke, my friend. Thanks. <laughs> the writer said that they lost a bit off the top of this scene. Um, I don't know what... Oh, I think it was a conversation between Sun and Jin before Dr. Kim comes in. They said there was more at the top of this scene that they were sad to lose, but I don't okay. know what it was. I mean, clearly the scene didn't suffer without it. Yeah. Christina, who is... I, I'm actually not sure if any of the other writers in the writer's room are Korean, but Christina is, like, the Korean writer. So, like, mm-hmm. she's a... 
she's really important, especially with the Sun and Jin storyline, is that she's like the main person. And yeah. she said that the nameplate for the Doctor is CGI mm. because when they had made it and she saw it, she said that doesn't make sense. <laughs> that Korean doesn't make sense because it originally said specialist of nothing. I want that for my room. Yeah. <laughs> specialist of nothing. Yeah, I'm gonna put that on my friggin' door. Yeah. <laughs> So she was like, we need to not do that. That's please. so funny. Yeah. Who did that? Like, who? Ugh. And like, how did Dan and Yunjin sit there and be like, yeah, just leave it. It's funny. You know what? They probably did. Yeah. They probably read it and they were like, well, no one's going to notice. And they're yeah. like, but mm, yeah, anyone who speaks Korean is going to notice. Yeah. <laughs> so the doctor knows her father. Um, That's important to I mean, know. who doesn't? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, Jin doesn't got time for small talk. He's like, no, thank you. I've got things to learn. Me and Sephora. <laughs> And the guy's like, listen, I am making up stuff that usually makes women unable to conceive, but really, you just got slow swimmers. (laughs) (laughs) Or, like, non-existent swimmers. Or something. They're lazy! They're lazy. (laughs) They have have low motility, and that's your fault. Comes to the island, they're like, whoa, suddenly I have somewhere to go! (sighs) I don't want to talk to you anymore. Okay. So Jin thinks that she knew this already. What the hell? What? Why Why would she know that? Like, here's the thing. Her point after that is really harsh, but it's a it's good so point. valid. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm trying to trap you. <laughs> it's like they had, it just kind of blows my mind, like the arrogance of that, where he's like, well, there's something wrong with you. So clearly, because I'm a perfect specimen, you must have trapped me here. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, I think that the saddest part of that was the subtext of him saying that is like implies that she didn't marry him because she loved him. Yep. Which like, cool. That's some shitty behavior. I know I swore, but I needed that swearing because <laughs> I meant it. So I think I think that's definitely present in this scene is him implying that she didn't love him when she married mm-hmm. him. When when in reality, the main reason they got married was because she loved right. him. Yep. She wasn't supposed to she marry wasn't somebody supposed like to him. marry him. Yeah. Like and he knew that. Yeah. I think that's just a great example of past gin versus like present Jin, which is wow you were such a jerk yeah. i mean the doctor knowing like walked into that room knowing his office was gonna get trashed a little bit <laughs> you think uh yeah because before he was like if i had said that it was him he like he would have burned my practice to the ground so he's like i'm just gonna tell him something adjacent to that and he's probably still gonna be mad but not as as mad mm-hmm. i guess you know what that's why he had a thing that said specialist of nothing his <laughs> real nameplate was missing because mm. he didn't want it to get wrecked <laughs> Jin, of course, is upset about having to do his job that he doesn't like and makes him sad. I get, I get the Jim hate Jim. I'm still on Stranger Things time. <laughs> Meet I my eyeline, Jim. Meet my eyeline, Jim. Um, I get that he hates his job. I get that there's no way out. But transferring that onto Sun, and then also like just the way he conducted himself back then. Obviously, he regrets it. So. Yeah. I don't hold that against him, but wow, it's hard to watch. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Especially because I love him so much. Mm-hmm. He's a great he's a great example of someone who the audience absolutely gave a second chance. Yeah. Because when you meet him, his behavior is very toxic. Like, y- you don't want anything to do with him. And by the end, he's beloved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he put the work in. Mm-hmm. This is very Steve Harrington in a, in a, sh- <laughs> in a shorter timeline. Yeah. Or Steve, uh, I meant like Stranger Things is a shorter timeline than this. Yeah. How many times can we bring up Stranger Things because we just watched it? (laughs) Yeah. Oops. (laughs) No spoilers. No spoilers. Then again, I said it was a shorter timeline, but Stranger Things has a time jump in between every season. So it's actually been three years. 
So maybe Jin yeah, but, is a shorter timeline. But we see Jin actually putting the work in because we're with him every step true. of the way. That's true. Sun is back with Jay Lee and is telling him that, he, that she is sterile. She was happy, though. Jay asks why they're continuing with these lessons when Sun has been fluent for a whole month. She wants to run away to America. Jay tries to do the same, and it didn't go well. So she should stay for Jin? That's not what he's saying. Hmm. Look, he had to shoot a shot, okay? Why was she happy not to be able to have kids? I've run out of jokes. It's not funny. Exactly. <laughs> my my role here is basically to make jokes and drink milk. And Ben drank all my milk. You specifically said you were lactose intolerant. This is contradictory statements. Oh no, I've been caught in a lie. <clears throat> Probably because it would make her feel like she was trapped in her marriage. Hmm. You know? Well, that's what she's- I mean, she's trying to specifically to run away from him. Exactly. And that's what she's been preparing for. Yeah. And if that were to happen, then it would be like- She couldn't leave. That's an obstacle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't- I don't think she'd be able to leave. We- Jin and I went to see a doctor. He said I cannot have children. I'm very sorry, son. I was glad. I mean, leaving is hard enough as it is, right? Mm -hmm. Right. It reminded me um, of episode 113, um, Hearts and Minds, when Boone sees Shannon get killed Mm -hmm. and finds out that Shannon isn't actually killed. But then... um, Locke says, like, how did you feel? And Boone says, I felt relieved. Mm. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that moment. That's a dark moment. So at this point in the episode, we think that she does not want this kid that she's going to have on the island. Yeah, you kind of do think that, don't Mm -hmm. you? Like, she seems very worried the whole time. And then she's like, are you sure? And then she goes to see Jack. She just want to tell Jin about it. So I think the way she feels was entirely dependent on how Jin reacted. Right. Yeah. Right, because then when he walks away, she, like, has the moment where she holds her stomach and mm-hmm. is smiling. She's like, okay, it's safe to be happy now because I know that we're going to be okay. Right. Mm. Oh, does she not want to have a kid to have Jin as the father? Just because Jin has been so scary? Like, that's probably part of it. I think in the past, maybe. Yeah. Like, at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was like, that's okay. That's probably why she felt glad about it. And because he, if she did, not only would she be trapped, but she'd be having a child in a home that her father would be involved in. Right. Mm-hmm. And that wouldn't be a happy home. Right. Better to just have that cute dog. <laughs> Popo. Yeah! I like how Jay switches to Korean when he starts to ask her, like, the hard-hitting questions. Like, yep. the emotional questions. He's like, we're talking in English, but now we, I want to talk to you in my, in, like, our, um, in our first language. In our native, native language, yeah. Yeah, because uh, it's more emotional that way. Because then your your brain doesn't have to do the translating in your head, you know? Right. Yeah, well, yeah, because I've heard, um, Casey, do you speak another language? Not enough words. Yeah, me neither. Random words. <laughs> yeah. So I've, like, I mean, of course, because we're on the internet all the time, I see so many memes about, like, uh, people who fluently speak two languages being like, do you guys ever sometimes switch to your non-dominant language in order to emotionally detach yourself from what you're saying? Mm. And I think this is 100% that. Yeah. Like, opposite. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. That's cool. Um, So Jay starts talking about how he made a bad decision when he went to America. So, like, basically last time we saw him, which was in And Found, which I believe is 204. Five, I think he like is dating son like dating son and then son thinks it's real and then he basically is just like hey thanks for being my emotional beard mm-hmm. while I try and move to up. America and she's like okay great and she's sad and now he he's coming back and he's like I made a mistake with her do I have a second chance with you even though you're already freaking married mm-hmm. yeah it's like dude you had the perfect girl the first time mm-hmm. now you realize that yeah you know what sucks is I still just really like him. 
I really like him too. <laughs> but it, it's also like, you know, there's that saying that's like, when it's the right people, but the wrong time. Yeah. And I assume that's kind of what he's thinking about this whole yeah. time is it's like, if she's planning on leaving her husband anyway, maybe it's finally the right time. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Maybe. But Sun isn't going to America for love like he was. She's going to get away mm-hmm. and just oh, start yeah. a new life, you know? Um, and so she's like, is Jin supposed to be my whole life? Is that what I'm supposed to be living with? And he's like, no, it's about me. No, that's not <laughs> what he's saying. But. I have another quote from Damon from the um, Lost on Location. He said, in terms of fidelity in their marriage, it's Sun who is suspect as opposed to Jin. Every sacrifice that he made in his life was for Sun, but she can't really say the same. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crap. <laughs> he gets it. Yep. He's <laughs> the writer, so he gets it. Yep. Head showrunner. And then Dan said in the commentary that he was watching, he was there when they were shooting this scene yeah. um, with them. And he said there was like this major sexual tension in the room. But then when he watched it, it was way more innocent than it, it had been when he had seen it. <laughs> yeah, because so it, it comes off as innocent. Yeah. There's, I don't pick up on like um, a charged tension. Yeah. Something that's sort of soft. He said he was really surprised by that. Yeah. He thought that the, the story was different than what it actually ended up being on, on screen. So that was cool. Sun is walking... <laughs> when Dr. Kim pulls up and asks her to get in the car. Understandably, Sun is like, yeah, no. Yeah. Um, he gets out of his car, tells her that she's not the one who can't have kids, it's Jin. He was afraid to tell him because he thought Jin would burn down his practice. She deserves to know the truth. Mm-hmm. So I learned what Bopo's name is. Like, you know how Vincent is Madison? Bopo's name is Dim Sum. I love that name! His name is Dim Sum. And there was also a funny um, thing that Yunjin was saying on the commentary was that um, Dim Sum was like a polar. He was just too much of a polar. So in the scenes where you don't see Dim Sum, there or Bopo, I guess, uh, it's a crew member holding the leash. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. She's like, ah, I want to go. I want to go. I want to go. Because yeah. uh, the dog was too strong, she said specifically. Uh, if a weird man asks you to get in his car, we're going to say no. <laughs> yeah. What the hell was he like? Did he really expect her to get in the car? I don't know. What the co- what? That's so much, f- like, tomfoolery there. Did he forget that <laughs> that's terrifying? Yeah. I also love that she, like, when he asked her, she didn't go, like, oh, no, thank you. You know, I'm a little busy. Like, she literally just, like, walked away. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was funny. There's a sign in the background that looks like it says, no trumpets. But it means no honking. Oh, I, I liked no trumpets. <laughs> that's, yeah, I noticed that, too. I was like, what the heck is going on <laughs> It means no honking, but I, and I prefer that just like a lot to any no honking sign that I would see here. No trumpet. No trumpet. <laughs> I'd be like, oh crap, that's a weirdly specific band. All right. <laughs> All right. Puts trumpet away. Yeah. So the doctor tells her the whole truth, of course. Is he more afraid of Jin than he is of Sun's father? Possibly if he's heard the things that Jin has done for Sun's father. Right. Because it's not like it wasn't violent. Yeah. And Jin is more accessible to him right now. Like Jin is, is present. Mm-hmm. And Sun's father is not. He's just like an yep. entity in the sky. You know what I mean? Yep. Like looking down upon everyone. The last thing I had about this was Dan saying, Yunjin, there's something about the natural light in the scene. You look so beautiful. <laughs> and Yunjin said, thank you. Remind me to give you 20 bucks later. <laughs> ah, that's cute. <laughs> it was very cute. I have questions about that scene. Okay. Because I feel like, okay, when the doctor's first talking to Sun and Jin, Jin storms out. So it's not that yeah. he couldn't have told Sun at that point. Right? Right. But then he waits till there's a time he just sees her walking her dog to pull up next to her and be all creepy just to tell her this information he could have already told her. Right. Like, if they wanted to write it, they could have, like, just, like, 
gone back to that moment. Or like freaking phone call. Like it's weird. Like yeah, yeah, a phone call. I mean, how did he know where she was gonna be? Or if he didn't see her, would he have ever told her? Like, did right. he know she was gonna be there? Was that like a normal thing? I mean, if I could just make it make sense in my head, I guess like since like if Sun wasn't fighting back, maybe he could have told her. Mm-hmm. At that point, mm-hmm. because she's fighting back, he didn't want to tell her while she was still angry. I'm making this up. He didn't want to <laughs> tell her if if she was still angry because then she could just walk out and be like, "Well, guess what, Jin? Guess what? I just freaking learned. Yeah, guess what? That's true. You know, I don't know. I just made that up. That's true, though. <laughs> yeah, huh. you made it up, but it sounds right. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Anything else? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Did no? He? no. All right. Should we do our segments? Yeah, we're gonna do. So what we're gonna do is segments and then outro and then spoiler section spoiler section but we do the outro so that people can leave (laughs) before the spoiler section uh so now it's time for our best line award my best line award goes to anna lucia for jack and lock are a little too busy worrying about lock and jack because they're obsessed with each other it's a great line um and i want to give an honorable mention to charlie for you're looking at my bum (laughs) (laughs) iconic iconic like um kind of sassy but kind of cute okay and mine goes to Henry for... You guys got any milk? <laughs> also iconic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then my honorable mention goes to Charlie for... Morning! Who wants breakfast? I have papayas and papayas. Because I just thought that was so cute. I loved that. I got breakfast, papayas, or papayas. Or also papayas. He brought four papayas. <laughs> he was like, mm, we'll share this last one if we're still hungry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so for mine, I, I just love Henry Gale so much. So when he's talking to Ana Lucia about having talked with his buddy, Saeed, he says, you can see how much he liked my story, but his face is just covered in bruises and cuts. And mm-hmm. I just, I love him so much. He's so sassy. Same. Sassy boy. <laughs> he is a sassy boy. So you're going to tell me your story, Henry? Why bother? I've already told it to everyone. Jack, Locke, the big black guy that cut off his beard in front of me. Oh, yeah, and my buddy, Saeed. You can see how much he liked my story. So now we're going to do man of science, man of faith. So let's talk about Sun. Would you say that she is more of a man of science or more of a man of faith this episode? <gasps> oh, heck. Science. Explain. She needs the proof. Mm. Uh, about the pregnancy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all I've got for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like I just get a faith vibe from her in the um, flashbacks, but I don't really have anything to back yeah. that up. No. She just feels softer. I guess, like, man of science and man of faith does not mean like have anything to do with whether or not like you're a nice person or a bad person yeah you just like when you look at the man of science man of faith you see jack Mm -hmm. and Locke. yeah and i get more of a Locke vibe from her in the flashbacks and more of a jack vibe from her in the other one but that also that still has nothing to do with whether or not she's science no i could see that i don't know and secondarily let's talk about Jin. what do you guys think about Jin? i don't know um um I wonder if it's like, I guess in the flashbacks, you know, he has faith that if they were to have a baby, that maybe her father would lay up, would would let up a little bit. Yeah, but to me, that's man of science. Like the factual, like still knocking, cause and effect part. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know with him. I guess I I kind of want to lean man of science with him, but I don't know why. I can I think I agree with you. Yeah, because it just seems like such a coldly logical thing to solve a problem with a child. Mm-hmm. Right, and also like with the garden and everything, he's like, I know if I ruin this, she has no reason to come out here. Exactly. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. Hurley's Walkman. Locke is listening to "Pushing Too Hard" by The Seeds. Oh, 
Let me get you some lyrics. Well, all I want is to just be free, live my life the way I want to be. All I want is to just have fun, live my life like it's just begun. But you're pushing too hard, pushing too hard on me. Interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> there you go. That kind of makes sense for Locke's character. Yeah. It's kind of his entire philosophy. It's just leave me alone, Jack. I want to do what I want to do. <laughs> Jack's like, you need checks and balances. <laughs> Uh, welcome to Sawyer's Book Corner. So last episode we talked about uh, The Brothers Karamazov by Fyodor Dostoevsky. Um, so check that out if you want to know more about that. Um, but Sawyer was listening to Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret by Judy Bloom. <laughs> Just such a special man. It was written, written by Judy Bloom in 1970. It is a young adult novel aimed at early adolescent girls about Margaret, a girl of that age who is exploring her desire for a cohesive religion. The protagonist also confronts other preaching issues such as buying her first bra, having her first period, and liking boys. Those are all difficult things. <laughs> so, there you go. A lot of the times if you like look at a book that is referenced in Lost, they will give you like shared themes and stuff, and it's really great. There are, uh, I'm pretty sure that this book was just used as a joke. <laughs> what, Sawyer didn't need tips on how to buy his first bra? It's <laughs> not. Come so, on, man. There's not a whole lot to glean from from that one there. Did they do the thing? The thing is when uh, they say the name of the episode in the episode, and they did. They did the thing. Jack says, You should tell him. And when you do, you should tell him everything. The whole truth. <gasps> there it is. That's the thing. That's the thing. They also say the word truth a whole bunch. Mm -hmm. They sure do. The whole truth. And nothing but the truth. How many episodes since the last time someone was knocked out? Oh. No one got knocked out this episode, right? Wait. <gasps> oh my god. It's been one episode since the last knockout. It has been zero days since our last nonsense. <laughs> Yay. Perfect. Um, does this episode pass the Bechdel test? We were close. But alas. No, yeah. no. No. Yeah. Sorry. Stay tuned for a segment after the outro. We'll be discussing this episode within the context of the rest of the series. Please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers, so proceed with caution. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Thank you so much to the creators and community at Lostpedia. If you are so inclined, please write us a review on iTunes or take our survey. Just tell us about you, and then you can tell us about um, what you do or don't like about us. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> we'll take it. Yeah. If you're a fan of The 100, you'd like to talk about that show too. Uh, we've done season four, season five, and we are in the middle of season six. I believe when this episode comes out, season six will be just about done here. Ooh. There will be two episodes left in season six, so... Then I'll know if I hated it or not. <laughs> good to know! So far, it's a pretty good season. Yes, so but excited. you never know what's gonna you happen. You never know. Yeah. If you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show too. We have done three friggin' seasons of that show by now, mm -hmm. and one season of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, so... Wow. I love that show. I love to hate that show. I am freaking obsessed. It's embarrassing. Yeah, it is, it, it is embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you're a fan of Stranger Things, we'd like to talk about that show, too. Uh, we assume that everyone has seen... By the time this goes out, you should have seen season three. Um, we did all of season one, and we will be doing season two with the knowledge of season three. And that's exciting. Cool. And we're, I mean, we're doing season three as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You can follow the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, probably YouTube. But uh, mostly mostly Twitter. Yeah. And Robin Post gets on Tumblr and she works really hard on them. So please support her. Yes. Is what she usually says about yes. that. <laughs> Thank you. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaffictionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because it's expensive. Yeah, it is. It's like a lot. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Abertania, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. Casey, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Oh, we hope you had a good time. Yay. 
And do you want to tell us where we can find you on the internet one more time? Yes. So, okay, on Twitter, it's Illith Sternin, I-I-L-I-T-H-S-T-E-R-N-I-N. And on Instagram, it is not Penny's Instagram. I love it. I'm going to tag you in the story that I'm making. <laughs> and, of course, out of contact box. And no context. Oh, yes. No context lost on Twitter. <laughs> when, when you get it wrong and you say out of context lost, and then you kind of just want to die a little bit. But it, that's how it's written on the top. You're fine. Oh, yeah. thank God. Yeah, you're good. You're good. They'd find it no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, our next episode is 217 Lockdown. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be having uh, Selena Wilkin from Hypable again. Uh, we nice. are super excited to have her back. Nice. At Selena Hypable. Heck yeah. We will probably talk about the 100 at some point. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> last time. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye. Spoilers. Spoilers. Gonna talk spoilers. Okay. Spoilers. It's heckin' time for spoilers. Oh my god. How hard was it to not say Ben? So hard. Oh boy. (laughs) That boy. He is so messed up. So, okay. So here is, here was my Ben thought Mm -hmm. that I had was, so Ben basically gives in and decides, okay, I'm gonna draw Anna Lucia map. Right. Why? He needed, he needed to do something new. Yeah. Because otherwise they were going to be like, this guy's not doing anything for us. Okay. And they're just going to keep bringing in people or kill me. Mm -hmm. At some point, Saeed's going to get tired. So in that case, do you think he picked Anna because he saw intelligence in her or because he thought that she was easily manipulated? I think more intelligence. What do you think, Casey? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think like, especially at this point, like he, he's watching Jack and Locke who are just so caught up in themselves and, you know, he has his own motives going on, but he needs people who can actually, like, get him to where he needs to be. And mm-hmm. with them, it's just back and forth. But at least through Ana Lucia, it's someone who's going to get the job done. It's someone who's going to go out and make sure that his plan is working in a way that appeases him. So I think... That's a good point. For him, like, he sees someone who's who's smarter than these guys. And there's a time, too, isn't it, where he he's talking about... Um, like Goodwin having seen something in Ana Lucia as like that they could bring right. back with them to work with the others. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. even that, like keeping in mind, like, oh, she's an asset for us. Like, I, yeah, I definitely don't think it's the, that he thinks he can manipulate yeah. her. Okay. Well, I knew it was either going to, it was going to be one of two things the yeah. entire time. Yeah. And, and he also, he knows that that balloon is mm-hmm. out there. Yep. He knows it's out there. He know wh- he knows where it is. He doesn't expect. Like, he gives it to Anna Lucia, thinking that she's going to see the balloon and be like, oh, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What he doesn't know is that she's planning on bringing Saeed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He Saeed's not- the one who's yeah. like, "I'm. we're digging up this guy. I need every single thing right. figured out. He did not anticipate the Saeed of it all. <laughs> like, in this episode, Anna Lucia is like, we need to be sure. And when we find out, then Saeed's like, we need to be mm-hmm. sure. We need to be sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. So, I definitely think that's probably what yeah. happened. Uh, maybe the devil is chasing her. Shall we talk about MIB and Jacob? Oops. <laughs> um, and it's interesting because MIB and Jacob are so morally ambiguous. Like, you know, MIB is supposed to be the bad guy. Yep. And Jacob is supposed to be the good guy. But when you really take a look at Jacob's motives. Jacob sucks. Jacob sucks. <laughs> He's such a douchebag. And like, obviously MIB has like pretty chill motives in which he literally just wants to leave mm-hmm. but he just goes about it in a really bad way so like mm-hmm. he's still the villain Me but, and party. but Jacob's not an angel Mm-mm. no so like when she says like when he says it looks like the devil's chasing you maybe the devil is chasing her I mean she's I think she's a candidate but mm-hmm. like Michael's about to come in here and kill her basically yep mm-hmm. and when 
they talk about the devil, I don't think of MIB. I think of Jacob. Yeah. So. I did think of MIB when you t- thought about that, or when you first mentioned it, but yeah, yeah you're totally right. It mm-hmm. is Jacob. Yeah. Um, Anna Lucia says, at least we're on the right island, which is supposed <laughs> to be funny, but there are two islands. Yeah, there are two. Sorry. Oops. So you never know. Do you think, th- did the writers know at this point that there were two? Um, it is pretty early on in season three that we figure out there are two, so I wouldn't be surprised yeah, if they did. That's possible. So what's the difference between a martyr and a prophet? Is Ben the martyr or the prophet? Ben? Yeah, Ben. Prophet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He would not sacrifice himself for the island? No. That's for sure. He'd say he would, would but yep. he yep. would never go that would, far. Would, which That's is interesting. That's a good point. He totally would say he would. Which is interesting because when I asked before, you said Henry was the martyr. Henry? Yes. <laughs> not Ben. Which is, but it's interesting. Yeah. That it's different. For me, like, Jack and Locke is also, like, in there, like, would you say that Locke was a prophet because he was very preachy about the merits of the island, or would you say that he's a martyr because he basically was murdered for it? See, this is this is why I had such a hard time, because I was like, hang on, Locke died for the island, and so did Jack. Yeah. Locke feels like an overlap. So, like, like, yeah. Sure. He has, like, parts of both where it's like, he definitely loves the island and, like, tells everyone, like, oh, this island's different and special, but at the same yeah. time, like, he would risk everything for it. Exactly. Yeah, the the way he speaks is very prophet-like, mm-hmm. for sure. And in the, I think Jack came to embody both of them as well, especially, like, you know, Later. by the time you get to the finale. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's Jack. When Jack comes back to the island, I'm like, suddenly, Jack, you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> Jack drank I the could- tea. Drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Yep. Um, do you guys have any other Ben thoughts in the spoiler section? Hmm. Like, obviously I have a bajillion Ben thoughts, but ones that are relevant to this episode. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I could talk about how amazing Michael Emerson... Okay, so when Michael Emerson was playing these scenes, did he know what he was playing? I think yes. Yeah? I think in the same way that J.K. Rowling was like, Snape, you were in love with Lily. You're supposed to be a good guy. Uh-huh. Which he isn't, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, she blew that one. But he was like the only person to ever know that. And so I definitely think that he knew. If not in his first few episodes, when they decided, like, whoa, this guy, we're gonna keep this guy. Yeah. He's great. Then I think they probably told him. Yeah, I think you're right. Or or then they figured out that that's what they wanted to do, so they told him. Okay. Do we know if, like, before they decided to keep him on, like, what their end goal with him was gonna be? Ooh, that's a good I, question. I don't know for sure. I feel like I read somewhere mm-hmm. that they were gonna have... Maybe I read it, or maybe I, like, watched it on a on location or in one of the bonus features or something. But for some reason in my head, and let's not take this as gospel because I'm literally not sure, but in my head, like, I think they were going to have, like, Saeed kill him and he was going to be, like, an actual martyr. Mm. (gasps) Okay. And Saeed was going to actually kill him and then they were going to, like, maybe find out that he was actually for real. Ooh, that's too dark. Or maybe not. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure they were going to have Saeed kill him. Yeah, that makes sense because I was just thinking, like, if he were to actually, like, be the bad guy but not last then it's like that doesn't make sense but if they were gonna go yeah. that route of like oh you know this guy's wasn't bad he was just weird you know then yeah it would have <laughs> made more sense than that but he just gave weird speeches yeah yeah <laughs> he's just weird he just wanted to talk about if he was evil he wasn't actually yeah. bad yeah. he was it was a fantasy <laughs> yeah that is something he would do. Yeah. Okay, so going into the other storyline on the island, um, I was talking about Rose and Bernard. 
So Dan said in the commentary that Rose and Bernard act like they've been like together forever. Mm-hmm. You but know, they like haven't been, been, but they actually haven't. No, which is crazy because we get that a few episodes from now that it turns out they like just got together within the past mm-hmm. few years. Even yeah. And, like, it was clear the writers knew the whole time. Yeah. But I guess it's, like, that sort of implication when you find your person, you can fall into that kind of pattern quickly. Mm -hmm. I I love that, too, is it's just, like, it really shows that it's, like, they didn't need, like, new actors to play them because they already have the perfect actors. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. To show us their freaking meet cute. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but it's also really cool because it shows people that um, not everyone finds their soulmate early Mm -hmm. in life. Yeah. You can always find them. Exactly. No. Aww. Oh, so soft. <laughs> but Rose is so comfortable being on the island. She knows what t- what day of the week it is because she knows that she's planning on staying on the island right. forever. Yep. So she's comfortable. She's like, well, this is this is my home now. She's like, I don't have a calendar, but I've got one in my head. I think that's also why she feels so confident just like mouthing up to Jack all the time. Right. She's like, listen, I know you're trying to get out of here, but I'm not. I'm trying to survive this. Yeah. So take your butt down. <laughs> Well, even, like, later in season four when they're, like, when Locke is, like, I'm planning on staying. And Jack is, like, I'm planning on leaving. And Bernard is, like, okay, well, so are we going with Locke then? And Rose is, like, absolutely not. No. Mm-hmm. Because I will die if we do. Yeah. Yoonjin was talking about getting to, like, kind of demand something of Sawyer. And she said, because, like, the commentaries are done, like, after every season. Right? Mm-hmm. So she doesn't know what's to come. She said, and I quote, I don't get to play tough very often. <gasps> And I'm just so excited for her. Yeah. <laughs> she has no idea what's in store. I have such good news. Yeah. Um, Widmore Labs. <sighs> Widmore so owns everything, huh? What the heck? <laughs> they knew this was coming. Yeah. It's crazy. So Sun tells Jin that uh, she's never been with another man, which we find out is a lie. That's a lie. Because she has been sleeping with Jay. And you and- said that she was genuinely concerned that the child wasn't hers. Well, yeah, I mean, if you've been told that your husband doesn't have, like, have any stake in the game, like, he just, he, there's no freaking way. Like, when Juliet takes her to the staff to, like, do her ultrasound, she's genuinely worried that it's not Jin's kid. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I mean, in a way, she's also, like, it's really complicated feelings because if it's not Jin's kid, that means that she's not in trouble and she probably won't get sick. But she's still happy that it's Jin's kid because it's Jin. Yeah. Even though she really needs to get off the island or she'll die. Yeah. You know? So they talk about baby names. They end up naming their baby Ji Yun, and Jin never gets to meet her. <sighs> Tragic. That's the meanest thing you've ever said. Well, <laughs> it's messed up. He gets to see like three pictures of her. So That's it. sad. I'm upset. I'm still mad. I'm upset. And seeing how happy he was in this episode too. Like, yeah. Anytime there was any mention of her, like he was always so excited about it. Just. Uh... <laughs> That's so unfair. That's one of, like, the saddest things about about it. Like, about their story, I think. Yeah. Um, That's all I had, you guys. Do you got anything else? No. Mm -mm. Not really. Do you? Me? Yeah. No. Yeah, I can't think of anything. Cool. Well, Casey, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Do you want to tell us one more time where we can find you? Sure. So, it is on Twitter with Illith Sternin, I-I-L-I-T-H, S-T-E-R-N-I-N and my Instagram, which is not Penny's Instagram, and then through my lost Twitter account, no context lost. Awesome. 
And those will all be in the description if you guys are looking for them. Nice. Um, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-B-Y-N-E-J-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. You can follow the both of us for all podcast things at at the aficionados all over the heckin' place, but mostly Twitter. Yep. <laughs> and our Patreon is patreon.com slash the aficionados. If you've spared all there, we would really appreciate it. Help! <laughs> God, please help. <laughs> nice. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye. It's Saturday, Bernard.